Hi, everyone. Before we get started, I just wanted to let you know that your girl is on Patreon. What else is going on podcast, aka Wego, W-E-I-G-O, is on Patreon. So if you feel so inclined and want to support your girl that way, you can head on over to patreon.com slash Wego podcast. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Wego podcast, W-E-I-G-O podcast. Now, if you don't want to be on a monthly recurring thing, I totally understand that. But if you want to support, you can head on over to buymeacoffee.com slash Wego, W-E-I-G-O. Again, buymeacoffee.com slash W-E-I-G-O. Because you know, a girl be trying to put in some work and a coffee could help me stay awake. So those are your two options. And if you don't want to do either of those things, if you could rate, review, and subscribe and share with your friends, I would love that. Now on to the episode. The following podcast is a CJ Media Production. Welcome to the What Else Is Going On podcast, the intersection where pop culture life and real life meet up. Get ready to deep dive into all things reality TV and the dichotomy of loving the game, but not necessarily the players when they start to reflect real life issues like deep-seated discrimination and a world rooted in racism. Feeling conflicted because I love Clint! 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 And I also have to chant Black Lives Matter. Buckle your seatbelts and brace yourselves because my foot is off the brake and this intersection gets busy. So come along for the ride so we can see what else is going on. Hello. Hi. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? Good. First of all, I love your background. Oh my God, how <laughs> it. I don't even know how to change it. Like they sent it to me and now I just won't get rid of it. I was I don't think you should. It's like you belong right there. Oh, <laughs> how I are think you? this is Dr. Wendy's house? I think yes, this is Dr. Yes, Winnie's house. Yes. She said it on the thing. She was like, um, yeah, she was like mixing with mommy has my house. And I was like, I, I, I like this house. It's a that house. is, and I love like the gold, the white, and it's not like um, a whole bunch of tchotchkes everywhere. Girl, I was cracking up. I'm just jumping right in. Listening to you recap Potomac when you were talking about Giselle's house and you said the Barbie <laughs> girl. I almost crashed my car. I was like, she is speaking to me because that's what I was it's thinking. Not good. <laughs> it's not good. It's like Barbie Dreamhouse meets I Dream of Jeannie meets yes. the Bad Girls Club meets like what every college girl can afford on her like one great <laughs> apartment. It's like, and there's nothing, there's no shade to Target. I'm in, I'm in the Target decor stage of my life as well. But like, me and Giselle are like 40 years between, 20, 30 years between us. She got like three kids and a grown person's check. Right. And if I have a million dollar house and I get to build it however I want and I'm gutting it, you better believe I'm leaving money and whatever mortgage loan I get from the bank to get it nicely done. Nice, and if, girl. If that's her idea of nicely, I just, I just need Giselle. <laughs> I just need you to go to get a stylist, an interior designer. Uh, Girl, from the first episode, I was like, oh, uh, this is disappointing because you should be better. You know, Mm because I think about Atlanta and how they kind of bought, you know, and even if you don't necessarily like 
even if you wouldn't wear it, it still looks good on them. Right. So, you know, so I, I girl, yes, I stylist. You know, and this doesn't look good on anybody. So. <laughs> well, I am so glad to have mixing with Monty. I found you. Oh, I found you because I was listening to Jess Zade's podcast and okay. um, it, it was back when she called herself the real housewife of the West Side. And yeah. I heard you and I was like, who is this? I got to find her. So then I went to your stuff and I just started listening and I was like, she is speaking my thoughts. Like, yes, yes, we love a relatable thought. Yes. I was like, she's speaking for all the black, like, yes, yes. Sides that people don't see. So then I was following you and, and like I said, I do a separate podcast, but I've always wanted to do something like this. But when this civil rights moment happened, because I'm sitting back watching these people relating stuff in my mind. And then I was like, oh, I know I had a list of people that I already talked to y'all. Y'all just don't know it when y'all are podcasts and I'm talking back. Y'all don't know it. So I was like, now we can have a two sided conversation. So, guys, everybody, you would have to be living not under a rock, but under the sea if you don't know mixing with money. And I just have to say, so I'm in this Facebook group, right? And all these thousands of people. I'm scrolling. You know how you just passing the time. And mm-hmm. I see them post. And I said, that looks like a picture of an avatar of my podcast. So I'm like, oh, my God. So in the heading, the guy goes, this is another bra- Black Bravo podcaster. The other, the other one I love is Mixing with Monty. Then I'm like, oh, my God. So I'm telling him thank you. And as I'm going down, all I see is, I love Mixing with Monty. That's my girl. I've been oh. listening to her. I love her so much. I love her. I, will, I could send you screenshots. I was like, wow. Like, of course, you know that people love you. I, but just well, to someone see. someone sent me a screenshot of them shouting you out. And I was like, okay, yes. And I was, like, really excited to tell the person that sent it to me, like, well, you know I'm going on the podcast. <laughs> So I too will be <laughs> on there. So, um, and they were like, oh my God, that's so great. I can't wait till someone, oh yes. Okay. So I am also cool. I will be on uh, what else is going on myself. So. Listen, full disclosure. I was like, I'm talking with Monty this week. I'm talking with Monty this week. <laughs> I'm so excited to yes. be here. I mean, listen, I never thought that in doing this podcast that you know people would even listen let alone the amount of people that would listen i'm literally so humbled by it every day to the point of annoyance like my family and friends are so annoyed by how much i like underplay and downplay it all i'm just like i just say things i don't know why people <laughs> like to hear you i couldn't tell you i'm like one day it's all they're all the jig is gonna be up and nope. they're gonna be like you we're all gone and they're and, and it's not <laughs> happening and it makes me so extra. You said they're all gone. <laughs> they're gonna be gone. I just know that one day like my Instagram, like if ever I get like more than like, I don't know, ten or fifteen followers in a day, I'm just like, Well, something's wrong. Something's going on. And serious? they're all gonna go. Everything's gonna go down to like thirty people. <laughs> Listen, I just feel it. I just don't know what it's going to be that it alienates everyone, but I'm just ready. Nothing. I just keep talking so people don't want it no more. I was just going to say, but you know what? Nothing. Because when I saw that I followed you and then it was like, a, I was like, what is that notification? What? She followed me. <laughs> I'm not. I myself as anyone but money you know what I mean like I'm just doing my thing and I see when other people do it I know what it was like when I first started and it was such an organic 
you know, start process. And I was like, you know, the people who could, who offered to, you know, they will promote you for money. I think I probably spent like $30 total. And wow, that's it? Promote me. Because I mean, I just, I simply didn't have it. Like when I did this, I was in college. I started right. in undergrad. I was working full time. It was like during the summer, I was running a camp uh, for kids in DC. And I'm like, I'm, I'm, I don't have it. Like I just right, didn't that's have how it. And so I had to just make it happen. <laughs> and so I was like, people are gonna, I remember being excited when like 55 people, they got up to like 55 people listening. And I was like, oh my God, these are 50 people that I don't know. Because f- friends and family, they run out. You know what I mean? Like they yes. listen to the first episode, but they don't really like this stuff. Yes. Like you. So they'll subscribe, but it don't really do nothing. So no, they was- listen. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just like, these are 50 people that I don't know. That you friends. don't know, right? You said I did. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it, it thrilled me. I'm still very riveted. And now, I mean, obviously, we are past the, the 50 people stage. And I say obviously only because it's like it's it's causing me to be able to go on so many other different podcasts and stuff like that. So uh, people who are like, hey, I listen to you. Would you like to come on? I'm like, hell yeah. I know what it's like to be that way. It's also... Those whoever the base is for your podcast or someone else's, those are people who still might not know me. So it's okay. still, like, yep. it's constantly cross, you know, pollinating. You know what I mean? Like we're cross promoting, and that's totally fine. And the people are, especially in this space where there's so few yes. people of color doing yes. this, especially Black women. I mean, the first time I ever charted on the TV and film charts on Apple, I. It was my logo. And at the time, it just said Mixing with Monty. It was really cute. I designed it myself. I was really happy. I seen it. it. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I don't see enough black people or even people of color on this list of 200 people. And that's not wow. sure the 200 people that do it. They're great. I was just like, if I have the power and the capacity to be on this list, I want people to see my face. I want them to see a black That's face. good. Okay. I want other black people who are looking for a podcast. That's what happened to me. I was literally looking for my Bravo podcast. I went to TV and film and I was like, oh, this one says Bravo. This one says Bravo. Okay. And I was like, adding them all. And there's a lot of complexity in all those people's voices, but there wasn't enough representation of me, people watching okay. my things or giving it my perspective, the things that I know that I would like. So I was like, next time it happens, it needs to be my face, period. And that was how I got the one that I have now. And it was history. Well, you actually, so two things, you actually, well, there's a whole lot that you definitely um, had me think, like had me look deeper into, you know, sometimes when you're like, when you're talking to yourself about these things, or even my husband, I've gotten him interested in, but Mm -hmm. you also still want to. Um, listen, I told him, I said, listen, I'm going to, you're going to watch episode one in New York and then you're going to watch now and then we'll podcast about it. And he said, okay. So, (laughs) and don't let him know a character. I love when people DM me, wives would DM me and be like, my husband does not like Kyle. I'm like, okay, husband, you better have an opinion. <laughs> I lost it and that's a good man. She goes, yeah, I'm going to keep him. He's great. Oh my God. Look, I'm, as a matter of, while I'm talking to you, don't laugh. I'm, I'm getting used to this computer. I normally do it from my phone and girl, it just said low battery. Now I was like, oh, let's plug her in because I will not be losing Monty. Boom. There we go. <laughs> I will not. I'll be like, oh, come back, Monty. Come back. <laughs> I would come back. I, mean, <laughs> I once lost an entire episode and it was actually for the better because I don't think I, I think the, the universe and God did not want me to have that person on. So I didn't okay. down anyway, but we had to re-record it twice 
two are you hours, serious it was, and it was it happened so and i mean it, it, it gratefully he was gracious enough to come back and do it again and i was okay. like okay wonderful but and we will talk off air i would gr- wait a minute oh, oh i already i was already getting ready to ask you i was look I, I got my phone right here let me make a note <laughs> ask listen i was not i was gonna <laughs> ask this is why i i told my husband i'm like you're gonna I, um send him a message you're gonna enjoy her i said and at times i listen to you and i kid you not i'm like is that my voice like wait no that's mine that's <laughs> Because I would say the same thing. That was what we love. I interviewed um, Hannah from, um, you know, you know, Hannah, not inspirational uh, podcast. Yeah, yeah. I actually just did her podcast yesterday. Okay. I can't wait to hear that. The dead of the night. I moved all day, came home and was like, hey, Hannah girl. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Look, still ready. Still energized. Well, I did her my first time using Zoom on my phone. My husband and I ran through it the night before. I forgot that you have to record it to iCloud on a phone. Mm-hmm. It wasn't nothing there. I said, I'm going to send her a message and be like, oh, I messed up the Zoom. And depending on how she reacts, I'll ask her. And she was like, that is no problem, no anything. So She's I, amazing. Yeah, I appreciate you guys working with me on my technical difficulties. When he's here, I don't do anything. But he's not, he texted me before you um, called in. He was like, are you on yet? And I'm like, I set everything up. I tested it. Everything is yeah. working. <laughs> but I love, you have um, almost like not even challenged uh, my thinking in terms of the the avatar. I keep saying avatar. I sound like a hundred year old woman, but for your no, podcast, no. your picture. Mm-hmm. And my husband was saying, I think we need, for my other one, he was saying, I think we need your face. And I'm like, okay, but I didn't. Um, have any of my own that I really liked or I did, but it didn't really fit. But then I heard you say, you mentioned before about not seeing other black people. And I told my husband, I think I told him, look, I'm, I might have, I talk to myself all the time. My grandma said, ain't nothing wrong with that as long as you're not answering yourself. So, <laughs> and I, she would say, child, you talking to yourself? And I would say, yep, I get the best answers. And she was like, well, that's mm-hmm. the problem. But it made me think about what you said. I go through looking for black uh podcasters yep. too or diff- and do. not you don't see the face so I, I definitely that um made me rethink about my picture and also you said something you you um in your instagram stories and i appreciate mm-hmm. you for um promoting sarah's um the uh other um first the, the second petition that you guys made the where you guys signed that and said yeah. that you collaborate with other people who were anti-ethical and then you guys um she had another one calling out amanda and dear media and you said on your stories that's why i made a podcast basically you couldn't find what you were looking for so you became what you were looking for yeah i felt like i've I've given the origin story before and i'll share with people who don't know me as it was um uh, the whole Fosty Gate with uh, Vanderpump Rules between Lala and Fifty Cent, yes. and what I was realizing was, I had followed like E News and like the the Bravo. You know, I call it a different. It's a different kind of pop culture, absolutely. Yeah. And I call it, you know, that's one world. And then I was following like the Shade Room, like the Black pop culture a version of it, right? Yep. And then neither were adequately representing the relationship that I knew was there. I okay. was like, I know so much about so many different kinds of pop culture, so much random <laughs> yes, in my yes. head. So I'm like, I don't know why I know all these connections, but for me, this was Olympic level, like, yes. gossip. Yes. Because I watched Power. Power is one of 
the big, big shows in the black community. You got yes. a bunch here. You know, we all value yes. about some things, but power <laughs> is a night ritual. <laughs> we are at the house. We will all watch together because only one person got stars and we're all not paying for it. We will all go together or go to the restaurant, to the bar, in the city or something that has it. And it's power watch parties at our bar. love that. Lounges and stuff like that. Like we were having the, the watch parties. So knowing who this woman is, you know, the shade room is just saying 50 cents business partners, fiance. I'm like, no, uh, no, no, right. No. This is the major deal. And then E is like, oh, one of um, Lala's getting into a 50 cent. And people are like, why? Why 50 cent? That's so random. I'm like, because Randall is a producer on one of the biggest projects 50 cents ever done. And that's yes. something. Yes. Because he has big ones. And this show is so big. It's such an entity that this is going to really mess up his bag. Like, this is yes. Randall's big break. And so Lala biting the hand that is literally feeding her Gucci slides is a problem. <laughs> no, you, you said literally, yes. Yes. And, so and it was such a big moment. It was like, we need to discuss this and it needs to be done adequately. Like, yes. break it down. Who is doing what? Who is what role in each other's lives? Why this matters? Like, why this really matters? And they're working on another project today or now with like the, the power sequel happening or the prequel rather. They're uh, working together again. Rose. Yes. Randall is a, is a producer on the, the power book one. I think they got like greenlit for like more than one and they're doing what a they're doing a prequel to pre-power it's like the story okay. goes to the main character but they're gonna do it before everything went down and mary j blige is like on it and some other people are that on is it. awesome and randall is apparently still a part of it in production so it's still a major deal because that's what you see keeps coming on bravo and talking to andy because he's messy but he's like i'm not going to his wedding but he definitely did ask me they had a relationship uh, so yes like really this woman could have severed ties with her man's money. Like that's a You're right. Thing. You're right. Like, I didn't I even think about that. I need to, someone needs to like really cover this. And okay. I'm like, I'm always in so many different worlds, right? I live very equally in a, you know, a black cultural world where that's com it's consistently, you know, complex and that has a lot of different variations, but you know, I define, it has to, because I'm a black woman. It has so many different types Yes. To me. Yes. So, I mean, I do really enjoy a nice pop country moment. I really like it. I can get my life with some Megan Thee Stallion, but I also like a nice crisp Kelsey Bellarini. <laughs> I will be over on the pop station of Apple Music. I surely will. G going so, back and forth. Yep. Exactly. So I was like, you know, I need to have something that's a little bit more transcending because if we spent more time in other worlds and cultures, as much as was yes. possible to us, right? Yes. Then yes. it would be. It's not even just that white people need to be able to be respectful in black spaces. Because while that is the case, we are also the, still the first ones who are like, okay, wait, hold up, gentrifiers, like, get out of my space. And that's also okay. But we also need to be okay with understanding a little bit how they play this game, like how yes. they, what, what they're doing, what they yep. do, what the, how it works. And if we like it, because I have found, you know, I had a very intense history growing up with you know, white women and it caused a lot of distrust. And I'm now I'm at a place where if I got married tomorrow, uh, my entire bridal party would be white. And I don't know how I got there. So I went wow. to explore how that happened and how I was able to trust. Cause I was like, okay, so maybe it's that it's not 
oh, right. It's just that they, some don't want to get it. Oh, okay. Some don't some want to. Don't yep. Yep. Get yep. It, they don't, they don't want to get it. And then there are some who actively do want to get it. And that is can kind of what make life more fun is if we take the Garcelle approach where we have, yes. you know, our friends that are our core that, you know, if they look like us, they can understand our experiences and who doesn't want friends that, un that don't understand your experiences. You know what I mean? We all want <laughs> friends that have more of a, re a relatability to us. But then she also is fitting in so well in with this, this group. group. Yes. And yes. she's having a good time. And yes. it's also okay. Because now it means we feel safe watching this show because we're like, okay, I like it. Okay, it that's fine. that's a good way to say we feel safe watching this show. Not always on edge, yeah. like who is or what's gonna come out about this or who's gonna right. say this on the show. Okay. Right. That's, that's a good point. That I feel like Bravo has always shied away from because they didn't want the whole burden to fall on one person, one person to follow. Mm -hmm. And I get that because Carrie and Dallas, that is a clear sign of why they should have been peasants in this whole time. At first I was like, we need to integrate. And then I saw Carrie with Dallas. I said, maybe we should just hold on. Let's, yeah. <laughs> Let's rethink the strategy. Let's really plan this out before we roll out the message. Just before you I just jump, yeah. We're grateful that we got Garcelle because she spent a lot of time in Hollywood. She spent a lot of time in Beverly Hills. So she kind of, I think, has a, a different understanding of how to pick her battles, but in code switching and things like that. But the sad part is we still have to do that. But Carrie was a clear show of why we need to make sure that the group we are integrating is worth the integration. It's worth the integration, yes. Some people not worth it. And to be fair, Leanne wasn't worth it. And that's what I've learned. Okay. Not, we can't not trust them all. We can't trust each other. We can't integrate and they can't be in our spaces. It's also, we need to know which ones we even want to be in the spaces of. In the spaces, okay. Because all of them. No. And they need to know which ones they should be in the spaces of. Because how are we going to expect them to be respectful if, we don't know what we're even looking for out of them because we're asking white people mm. to listen and learn from us. Okay. But what if we don't even know what we want them to listen and learn? You know what I mean? Like, okay, that's good. This information. That's like, good. What do I want them to do with watching? You know all these different shows, and that's why you know I promote a lot of times. I'm like, it's not even just supporting black business. You need to be watching black content. You yes. Need to be watching. The Potomac, the Moesha on, uh, you know, Netflix that just came out because it's more putting your dollars and your viewership behind women and different people because it's going to show. First of all, Potomac is there's no more difference of complexity of black people than on than on Potomac. Yes, all so different so shapes, sizes, really, colors, weed, right. everything is different. Everything. And at the watch party that I went to for Potomac, the virtual one, Monique actually said something. I don't think I'll get sued for this, but Monique <laughs> said, um. She really, she said that, you know, she can only be 100% herself and 100% authentic. And she is, you know, her version and who she is as a black woman is different than other women on the show. And hmm. you're going to see how you can take her there. But, you know, and I think that was her way of trying to say, like, I know that I may have dabbled into the stereotype of black women being, you know, aggressive or violent or whatever. But, but she can be all who she is. She is who she is, first yeah. and foremost. And we know what that means. I yeah, mean, a yeah. black woman and a mama from Detroit, I'm not really trying to mess with her anyway. I mean, that, but that's yes. my, I know better. But for the girls that don't, Candace, apparently they had to learn what it means to, to mess be with this woman. And, and isn't she opinion, from, um, like, she, um, 
She's oh, from Jersey. Jersey. And get the, yeah. the, the, the part of Jersey that she's from is where I'm from. I live like maybe 20 minutes from there. Okay. So, so when it happened, it's like, okay, you, know. you took her there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And but see, to me, it's also like, I, it sucks that she and Giselle and how we started the entire premiere was talking about the stereotypes. We had to get to yes. because we constantly have to apologize and justify our actions and being over yes. emotional and being aggressive and being assertive. And we already do that to women as a whole. But when we do it to black women, it reinforces a stereotype as if we can't be taken there. When I watch every single housewife, you better say it. And those women will take you there. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Let me remind you that you release Serena through glass. Yes. Kim Richards Kim, yeah. talked about hair. The husband. Okay. <laughs> Let me tell you something. So Candace picking up a butter knife and telling Ashley to get out of her house, that did not upset me. And I don't understand why people are like, oh, that so was upset. just really aggressive. No. Yes. Her husband made sure she did not get there because he did not want her to play that out on TV like that. And that's a shout out to that man. But yeah. even if she had, we have watched it happen on so many other franchises. What about Ramona? When she threw the, when she threw, she was in the boat when they were on vacation and she threw Ooh. the glass at Kristen Tiekman's mouth and it literally cut her mouth and Nurse Lou from Connecticut. So <laughs> how she's explaining that Leah is dangerous or whatever, yes, or like yeah. so beneath her, I'm like, girl, what show have you been on? Yeah. And just like you said, all of them, they, we, we always have to defend like we're aggressive, we're this, like just, I like how you said that. It's always, uh, with us, it's something different. With Ramona, it's, she threw the glass. It's, oh, that's crazy, Ramona. Well, why can't that I'm a work in progress. Yeah, so yes, Monique, yes, work in progress? yes, yes. When you talk You're about- 33 years old, is she a work in progress? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> she obviously is. Ramona's a work in progress at 60 years old. Then Candace is a work in progress with her butter knife in her 30s, okay? And, and just like you said, I understood that I was upset. I actually, last season, and because I, I wanted to get your take on this too, was the first season that I kind of, I didn't like, wasn't a, a, a fan of Candace when she first came on. Because, you know, I, I didn't really do research on her as far as, because now I'm in Baltimore or whatever. So I didn't really do. You are? Um, Yes. And I was talking to um, my new friend, Anthony Lario, and told him that I'd be talking to you. And I said, Monty is very, I told him this last night, my husband was sitting um, at his desk and I had him on speaker and I said, I'm talking to Monty tomorrow. And she is very much um, abiding by the COVID rules. We all are. I said, because if not, I would have told her, yo, let's do this interview and go down to mixing with Monty. <laughs> to Candace and <laughs> <laughs> a barbecue. And I, let I, me tell you something. I am currently looking at the Key Bridge right now. I am in. Wait, I'm Baltimore. sorry. Whoa, 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 whoa. You're looking at the Key Bridge. I'm only yes, like 15 that's... minutes from the Key Bridge. I, okay. This is no. You want to you... cut this or not, but I need to show <laughs> <laughs> oh, Did it switch? No, it didn't switch. Switching. There we go. Oh, God. Okay. Oh, it's the damn. um. <laughs> Look, it's the stupid this is why I wanted to get rid of <laughs> why I wanted to get rid of this background okay I'm gonna get rid of the background there we go hello wait a minute Monty Baltimore <laughs> hold up <laughs> oh okay 
I got a mask. I'm coming. I'm on my way. <laughs> so clearly, um, I have a great coffee spot, and we will be getting coffee this oh, weekend. Oh, yes. Let me. Uh, oh, I'm there. Right, I'm, right around the way. We're going to go right on over to 3B, and that is a plug. I'm plugging it. Do you know that favorite. Anthony said you need to get over and see Monty? I wish I had recorded our conversation. I said I want to so bad, but she's immunocompromised. She said she was wearing I a hazmat am. suit when she got on the I, uh, play. I, <laughs> I got two and a face shield and a mask. And I promise you, my son, um, he's 18. He has uh, asthma. And they're, uh, you know how you can kind of like grow up? Like he doesn't have to take his. Um, the, mm -hmm. I forget what they're called, you know, that you'd have to take every day to help keep it uh, controlled. Right, right. But so we've been very careful too. My husband uh, still works. We've been careful, but I wanted to meet you, which is why I was going to make sure I threw out that I was in Baltimore because last year, yes. you, or, or, um, when Potomac was on last year, you made a reference to getting a group of girlfriends or something and going down to Candace's husband's spot. Yes, I was in my car screaming, spot. I'll go, I'll go. <laughs> Oh, no. Oh, my gosh. Like, I really, I think it's the reason why I, 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 I feel like the only reason I've had any moderate success is because of how so down to earth I, I, I mandate that I stay. I'm like, anytime I'm anywhere and y'all see me somewhere, you better say something. We could go get a cocktail. I am not unapproachable. People are like, oh, my God, thank you for responding. Girl, what? Why would Listen. Hello, you DM me. Let me respond. When you responded to me, I was like this. Look, you saw every time you responded, I was like, okay, let me just wait 30 seconds. That way she doesn't think I'm crazy. <laughs> No, that is the reason why, you know, we all are following these pages. We start these pages. We start these podcasts. It's because people in our lives aren't deep into this. So yes. obviously, I wanted people to talk to about this. So why wouldn't I not respond? That's true. That's true. Like, but of course, we're going to go get coffee and talk to Tomat. I can't wait. Let me. Okay. So I was on her side. Getting back to that. I was on her side with the whole thing. I can see how they said, oh, Ashley, you're bringing up the past as far as Candace, her trying to hold Candace accountable, but none of, I mean, trying to hold Ashley accountable because they kept saying, you're talking about past things that had nothing to do with you, but they all do that. So when she told Ashley, get out of my house and Ashley did not go, I felt in my soul when she picked up that butter knife and was like, <laughs> you better get out of and that I'm telling because it's, it's into us I feel like for us it's a disrespect how in the world mm -hmm. if I come to your house Monty and I'm and I'm getting disrespectful to you your mom your cousins and you're like Taria get out of my house and I'm saying no I'm not leaving because it's your mom's house it, th that is disrespect and something just takes over your body it sometimes disrespect and even if it's your mom's house it's still it's exactly your mom's house. exactly so I, it's it's my house because exactly it's where I live you don't <laughs> live here so you gotta go and then when she I, came back I was like see they might have had to cut oh no I, I, I'm, and I, I'm pray. so messy for yes that. yes <laughs> Hot pants was messy that night. <laughs> it was like, it's one of the reasons why I find Giselle to be one of the most riveting housewives of all time. I love her. I think the, the, for all the accolades that people give Lisa Rinna for stirring the pot, I think Giselle does it actually organically. Yes, I think yeah. she does it like OG Tamara style, where it's not desperate. Yes. Like she showed, Tamara used to show up and really do her job. Like you literally get the ball rolling and authentically kind of make people say some things and uh -huh. talk about stuff. And it would it felt organic. Like she and was now like it's trying not. to keep the show going. 
now obviously it's desperation, but Giselle, I think, does OG Tamara. Like she yeah. is like, okay, no, we need to we need to keep the cameras rolling. Otherwise, we're just gonna talk about you when you leave. So you <laughs> might as well come in and say it, get it yourself. And yes. She's right. And that's what we, you know, signed up for. And that's one of the reasons that I love Potomac is I think that I always try to watch all housewives objectively. Of course, that crash and when it came to last season of OC in Dallas, that mm, was really mm-mm. hard, couldn't do it. But I try to do them objectively. So there are times that I do go back and forth with Candace because I try not to explicitly like or dislike any of them. That's I thought they do something dangerous. Yeah. And they haven't done anything dangerous, at least not to me yet. So at the moment, I feel safe, you know, finding that every woman on this cast brings something so yes. incredibly necessary to the table. And I think that we need it. I think they balance each other out super well. Yes. I think that they do have a, 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 an, ele- an elevated idea of what it means to be a black all ensemble cast yeah. on a predominantly white network. Mm-hmm. I think that they do a great job representing and I think they've done it very organically. Uh, they were their hashtag was where is Potomac when they first came out and we never got that for anybody else. Yes. We never assumed to anyone else that they would just for any other franchise, oh, they must not know where anything is. And I was talking to Hannah Brown yesterday for her show and she said from growing up in California, she didn't know much about Miami. So when Housewives of Miami came out, she was like, oh, okay. But like, we didn't give it a where's Miami because in our minds, oh, it's just big, it's this big city. We know it. But the only reason that they didn't, they did that for Potomac because they knew they loved the area. They got rid of DC. Yes. They ultimately did want a black cast at some point, And especially for the area that they were in. And um, it's been rumored that they were primarily trying to focus on the PG County area. I was just getting ready to say that out. to you. Yeah, I was getting ready and, to say that to you. <laughs> for people who don't know, it's like the largest black county in America. It's mm-hmm. freaking huge. And yep. it is very largely African-American and very largely affluent. I was just getting, yes. I, w- I was raised on the non yet affluent side. It did not hit that side yet. Um, so <laughs> I didn't see a lot of that affluence, but um, the affluence did make it to that side. I just no longer was there. So it is very complex over there as well. And they really wanted to kind of focus on that area, but it didn't really work out. So the elegant or the, um, you know, the, what's it called? The etiquette show yes. that kind of came forward um, in season one. People didn't really get it. I'm like, okay, but how many times? Have y'all watched the season one of a franchise that it wasn't trying to like, yes. of them were yes. great. Not very many. Like, Dallas people. Hey, yep. Hello. Yep. That too was like about charity from like you had to yes. give it, I think, to breathe. You had to give it two seasons at, at, at minimum. You and said that, me, yeah. Three for Potomac is when we really took off. And mm-hmm. I can't stop thinking that uh, of course Monique in season two great intro I, I thought she was a fantastic intro rapping and doing an eight bar at the Willard <laughs> like you got you got me I'm in I'm in and Giselle and Monique had the best exchange and she's like you don't have a home you don't have a home four homes and I'm like oh no that's an answer um <laughs> I was really appreciative of that but to me I've always had a soft spot for Candace because season three really took the show off. And I think a lot of that is because of how open Candace had to be. Yeah. 
Her mom is paying her bills. She's living in a three quarter of a million dollar mm. townhouse in a place that I probably would not have invested three quarters of a million dollars if you asked me. Yeah, yeah. But she's over there living under her mama's roof, having her pay the mortgage because she does not really have a job. She was raised a spoiled princess. She's getting married. What is the dynamics of a spoiled princess meeting a businessman who is independent and has his own child and was married once? Like that's yeah. a very interesting dynamic that I'm like, I'm really interested in that. And I think we should be grateful for how much emotion is evoked from us when we watch Potomac. Okay. Simply because no other franchise allows us to really dig into their lives anymore because we already know them. There is almost nothing new New York can give us at this point with this same cast. We have watched their kids grow up. We know everything about these women. And I think the reason that Potomac is so refreshing is because we don't know their potential yet. We're still figuring it out. We're still finding out what they can do and what they can give us. Okay. We know New York's potential. We've seen Scary Island. We've seen Cartagena. We've seen, <laughs> yes. you know, the Berserkers. So every time we get into the Berserkers, we're all like, oh, the Berserkers. Because we know what's going to happen. But we know what's yeah. going to happen. Yeah. So then we're like, oh, they got sloppy drunk and they fought and then they made up. Oh, that's it? Like, yes. That was it before. Yep. But it's just that it was new before. Yep. With Potomac, we've never seen them knock down and drag out each other. We don't know what that's that looks true. Like. That's true. But for us, it's exciting. We don't know what it's about to look like. For every other franchise, we've seen their potential and we've seen what they can do, which means if they didn't go beyond it and they stick to the brand, we're not going to be impressed. So okay. it's important that we get new cities or hot I like that. get new wives. I like that. Oh, I like that too, Mani. I like that too. And I, I feel like OG we need to have an expiration date. Yes. I do. I really do. And I think that we need to, even down to the, uh, I'm getting ready to say something. Y'all here mixing with Monty. Bravo, if you were to ever listen. Y'all need diversity in your headquarters, in your administration. And I'm voting mm-hmm. for mixing with Monty because oh, I love, I love your idea. Like the expiration and, and, and how you said, um, I think for me, and I, and I don't know if you feel this way too. I would assume maybe you do for women of color. Even though there's stereotypes about black people, white people, we do know that culturally we are different. We get excited. Mm-hmm. I listen to when I listen to you and, and I DM'd you that when you get hype, I get hype. Because for me, my family, family get togethers, everybody's happy, excited, loud, having fun. And so when you get hype on your podcast, where I listen to other um, podcasters, non people that I like. But it's not always, a, um, it's, it's, it's calming and I'm interested. But then I go to, like, I'll listen to Monty. I'm like, oh, she about to say something. What, what happened with <laughs> Portia or whatever. So for me with Atlanta and Potomac, it's familiar. So when we hadn't seen them knock down drag out, but when Giselle and Karen got into that argument in the lobby of the hotel and Giselle just basically lost whatever at that moment and Karen to elegance. And it was like, you know, and they were going, mm-hmm. I felt that because I'm like, it could have been any. It could have been any one of me, and not necessarily my friends. We're a little bit. I don't think we. I mean, we're friends, so I don't know. It, it would never probably get to that level, but right. I can see how it could. Instead of walking away, they have cameras in their face, and it, and it was to me that was such a real moment, like a real homegirl. You got me messed up, type thing. You know what I mean? Cameras or not, we get ready to yes. go back and forth. And, and I was like, Giselle looked like she get ready. Yeah, Giselle was like, "What you say?" I was like, "Wait a minute." <laughs> 
happens. I don't understand this idea that people are, people are like, and, you know, and I understood Candace being like, okay, guys, the white people are watching. They're looking. Yes, like, I, yes. I've been in that moment, too, where I'm like, I need to make sure I maintain my composure. Because, unfortunately, the code switching just really happens for us like that. And yes, it's just how we, we have to. We're raised, and it's, it, it, nothing's been done to dispel it for us. So we got to keep doing it. But it's also like... It was an eye roll as a viewer, but I understand why as a cast member, she was like, we need to make sure that they yeah. don't reduce us because we're doing the most and we, we don't have, we're not profitable yet. We haven't turned a profit yet. For yeah. I get that. So she has to protect her coin and her investment. I also say the same thing I think happened to Garcelle. I think there's probably a lot of moments that she decided to hold her tongue and feel out the group. Yes. She knew this is a new job for her. This yep. is a new role for her. So I think she had to pick her battles and that's fine. She, you know, it, this is her coin. So we're not going to ever judge another woman on how they're going to get their coin. Mm -hmm. But it is like... New York has destroyed every resort they've ever been to. Every, like, absolutely, out of every destroyed. end, throwing up, using a bathroom in the hallways when they got when they all had uh, what Montezuma's Revenge or Diary or whatever it was. Yes. So yeah, uh, they always destroy it. And so so what? Like uh, Vicky peed on the bed. Yes, whatever. yes, she did. Ago. But and, and Barbara funny. left a self tanner on the white bed. Remember. <laughs> And at the Bravo, um, they all were like ten in the Bravo reunion couches when they were on So listen, I'm like, I get it. There are allowances that you know they have to earn or whatever, but I just want to make sure that that earning potential is equal. So yes. after this many seasons, they're allowed to also tan things up or and tear you know, things up if they up on it and tear <laughs> things up if necessary. Because just want to make sure it's equal. You know, it's being met with equality. That's all. I just want to make sure it's being that with equality. You know? You are so right. If that is what needs to happen. If it's like, okay, after seven seasons, then y'all can start destroying stuff. I just don't want it to ever be, well, they're destroying things, so we need to go ahead and pull the plug. Should we? Should because be, I right. Because how many years? Like, I've also watched women on these shows verbally assail mm. service people. Who? So... Yes. And like really bring them down. Like Ramona bosses around the resort members as if they were her own person. As if they staff. worked for her, yes. And Sonia never remembers a name. So no. they're all disrespectful, but if the women do it to each other, suddenly, oh, they're too much. They must go. Like, okay. And I thought down. it was, how did you feel? For me, I had a reaction when Sonia got herself, her naked self out of bed and sat in somebody's chair to get your hair done naked, never taken into consideration that that could have made the per and when she said, what she said, come here, hair dryer girl or blow dryer girl. That's what she called her. And then got and sat down naked mm -hmm. to get mm -hmm. her hair done. My and you think that's okay. My, I was like, my, my. I would have, if I would have been a wife in that house, I would have been like, hold up, go put some clothes. On. You're not very sit here. And this one, and because the woman's not saying anything back, and I, I'm watching the way she's looking at her, and I'm like, "This is crazy. Mm -hmm. This is crazy." So yeah, you're. And when Ramona came in and said, "Servants galore," I told my husband, "I said the only Please. servants, the only servants are servants for Jesus. Anybody else, you are not a servant for." I couldn't well, believe uh, that. So again, and we want. Wish y'all could see Monty's face right now. <laughs> I'm stressed. I'm really stressed. So, and we want to judge, you know, I think they're doing an incredibly generous job 
of maintaining themselves and self-producing, but also still giving us the real. And that's, that's why they're my favorite and they are always going to be my favorite. And it's not just because, you know, they're the local heroes, you know, my, my mom grew up in Montgomery County. My, my, uh, though she was born and raised in DC, um, she, the first place they moved out to was Montgomery County because they knew it was a better life for them. So anything that's going to recognize black women in an area that is not really historically, um, in favor of them, mm-hmm. nor mm-hmm. that's why people ask them, well, why are they all live all over the place? They're not living in Potomac. First of all, why do you ask that? Because none of Dallas all live in Dallas. Okay? And none, none of the of Beverly Hills. All, mm. all live in Beverly Hills. Um, thank you. Uh, so yes. New York don't even live in the city until like this time it's time to film. Like, and they all live all over the place. And so, Jersey, Jersey too. I'm from Jersey, you know, I'm from North, uh, South Jersey, but they live, yeah, far out. So it's like, yeah, so I noticed I don't know that why too. You're asking that question. Atlanta, yeah. they all live in the suburbs. They can get bigger houses because Atlanta is, you know, it's, it's very much more metropolitan um, than their suburbs and they can't, they don't have the room and the space for it. But Potomac is a city that is not historically, uh, you know, the most diverse. It mm-hmm. is mainly for a lot of, um, now it's a lot of Swiss people, but, and it's, it's all, it's always been on like CNN's watch list of like, <laughs> top most expensive cities in America. I so told to somebody that, yes. Who, somebody, Google. somebody said to me, what do we need to know? I mean, no, I was listening to a podcast and this Potomac, what do we need to know about Potomac? And I was yelling, they probably make more money in that town. There's more money in that town than where mm-hmm. you were. To, to, I, I was so I, annoyed. On Hannah Brown's podcast, so she was like, I had no idea because it was on CNN Money. It was like in 2013, it was the top two richest neighborhoods or top two richest cities in America. Yep, the two Potomac neighborhoods are still on the list of, as of 2018 as like richest neighborhoods to live in. The median income, people, the median <laughs> income to live in Potomac, the city, is 240000 That's the median. Median. The wow. median household income in Potomac is $240,000. That means they're that the lower end is what makes the the higher end come to a place of two forty, which is more than the median of the whole damn country. So I'm just saying, it's more than I probably ever see. I'm a teacher, so I'm over here like, oh, honey, they did a great job hiding themselves away from you, sure. And what's so funny is that in the, in the area of the BMV. Nobody even considers Potomac to be like the rich place. Like nobody even goes no, there. No, no. Think about living there because there's so many. Like there's so many neighborhoods. That's why people are so shocked at Giselle's house. Like that was like a teardown, a million dollars. Because where she is, and she's not even in Potomac. That's what it's like. That's what that's it's what like. It costs. That's yep. what it does. So I'm like, you know, they all live all over the place. But if if Bravo is going to highlight a town or an area that has not historically been the most inclusive of Black people, that has largely been for you know a lot of the senators and like they're the suburbs yes, of yes. the the workers of DC. DC, like yes. And so those people who work in public service in DC but making the same amount of money, which by the way, if you look at your local senators' median or salary. A lot of them are around two hundred thousand mm. dollars, which is why the median income in Potomac yes. is about two forty, because that's kind of how it goes. And so now it's more, you know, it, it's also still public servants and senators and stuff and Congress people or whatever. But it's also still your doctors, your lawyers, and apparently your black Bill Gates and your retired <laughs> NFL football players named Chris Sandler. <laughs> it's also them. So I'm kind of here for it. I really enjoy that. And and speaking of which, you named two people, the Black Bill Gates and uh, uh, Chris Samuels, their wives. Mm-hmm. I felt I was so glad you picked up on 
when they said, uh, the producer said, so do you like Karen's house? And she said, it's cute. It's cute. For Ray. <laughs> she said, it's cute. It's cute for Karen and Ray. I was like, and she was like, no shade. She was trying to remember that a second person also had to live there. And this was, like, was only fitted for one. Like, it's cute for Karen. And Ray, I like it for them. And she's like, there's no shade in other girls. You have to say there's no shade. There is it's all shade. shade. All sh- and so it, much shade. But then she walked in. When she walked in, she said, oh, it's so big. Did you catch that? She said, oh, it's so big. And then they're walking out to the yard. And then when she gets there, she says, you know, in the confessionals. And when she brought that it's bird... Cool. Can I tell you, I don't even do, I don't do animals. I don't do cats. Uh, My husband is a dog person. Mm. My kids have wanted a dog. I said, if it comes with its own check and cleans, then we can get one. But Or it's on home. Or it's on, yeah, (laughs) it's on home. When she brought that bird, I was like, where do you think, like, do you remember where you are and whose house you're going? A bird? That is one of the main reasons why I'm like, Potomac is the best <laughs> franchise for if you are a person of color or if you want to understand women of color a little better. Karen Huger is one of the quintessential elder black yeah. women. Yes. She yes. is my, around my mother's age. So she is like literally my mother. And my mother would absolutely slam the door in my face if I brought a bird. <laughs> even if it was on a leash and then she's like, you want me to put it in the cage? And she's like, put it in the cage. Yes. And then when she said, you brought the, a bird and not the baby. <laughs> <laughs> you had a new baby, but you bring the bird. But my you bring- absolutely would throw, throw the door back in my face and be like, oh, no. And I, she would scoff at me. She would scoff at my audacity <laughs> to bring a bird to her abode. Okay. So I was like, wow, Karen is very much so my mother, which is kind of funny because she actually grew up relatively like around the area. Not so much around Karen. Uh, she does not know her, but. My mom does know like, Robin, her, her circle mom. pretty well. Robin's okay. a little, yeah, my mom, my mom. Robin's a little younger than my mom, but um, obviously Juan Dixon is like a, a, a fave of the okay, yeah. Maryland era. Mm-hmm. So he, like my mom, isn't of the same sorority as Robin. So they, you know, her people tend, okay. tended to be in the same party spaces and gotcha. went to a state school and Robin and Juan went to a state school. So when okay. she was, you know, doing that in a roundaway and was like, you know, she sometimes would even have to go from her school to pledge at Maryland um, a new uh, lines of the sorority. Wow, okay. So, and younger ones. So, you know, and, and Robin's hairdresser of like a million years, my mom actually knows very well. So I think they went to high school together. So it's up in Shirley or because uh, yeah, I was looking at you. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Um, and she's and actually she was a really good friend of my, uh, my godmother, one of my mom's sorors. So, and that's not like a plug of like, oh, I know Potomac really well. There's like, it's just like, it's one of the reasons why anyone who has a hometown, you know, and there is, is on TV, they yes. instantly try to find something to love about it something to promote about it something that's relatable because even if it's like there's anytime they go film somewhere i'm googling that restaurant and i'm like well that's my new brunch spot yes that's that's, i I I feel the same did you three from it Mm -hmm. so where did you go (laughs) i went to uh the bark and mad cafe which is in germantown maryland it's far out but just i went on a date there and um i was like yes and then where i just moved from in downtown silver spring um which is also i love downtown silver spring i just moved from there two days ago to to baltimore with my mother so um because i'm moving her here before i go back to atlanta Uh, oh i heard you saying that and i was like monty don't know i'm going to because me and my husband were talking (laughs) about going to (laughs) 
Molly, I'm right behind you. I'm moving. I'm so sad because Baltimore is so gorgeous. I'm so happy to be here. But like, um, they filmed at a restaurant that I frequented. Uh, just I had a date there too. It was at All Set in downtown Silver Spring, which, which has a black head chef. So it's uh, New England wow. style. So okay. it's a lot, but also like meat soul food. So there's a lot of you know seafood because we do that in Maryland because I'm yes. surrounded by water. Yeah, water right. right exactly. Like, it's water on every turn. So surrounded by water and it has great like clam chowder and like crabs and lobster and stuff but also some good collard greens and some really good ribs and what's it called look look chicken. look i'm, all I'm t- set like you're oh. all set like you're all okay set, you know? so what you're not leaving so how many months so we can go do all these places <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately it's more like how many days no but, um i know i'm i'm sad but you know this is home base obviously wherever my mom is gonna be home yeah base. So, well we are getting together before you leave if i got things. to show no, we're getting together before you leave if you if you flying out of bwi you're gonna like who is calling me in the gate molly let's get <laughs> I am. I mean, that's the new, that's the new airport. It's yeah. new for me. Like I've said it on my podcast a couple of times. The reason Robin's always late is because she's far as hell. And they always have her flying out of VCA, which yes. is in Virginia. Yes. And this girl lives outside of Baltimore. She's like 20 minutes outside of the city. And they don't, so, I heard you talking about that today. And I was thinking Ronald Reagan, but it's actually DCA. DCA isn't Ronald Reagan, is it? That's, um, it is I, Ronald I, Reagan, I, okay. So it is DCA. Mm-hmm. I used to, my, me and my husband flew out of there once, like in 2007. And then um, I used to drive for Lyft and Uber. And then when the pandemic started, for me, I said, okay, God, you, if you didn't shut the world out, I'm going to focus on my other podcast. And I decided I wanted, to, I've been wanting to do, I couldn't figure out what I wanted to do in terms of another one with pop culture in the real world. So this came about. Mm-hmm. So, but driving for Lyft and Uber, I would get, go, have to go to um, DAC a couple of times. And so, like you said, if Robin was already late, then having to come from Baltimore right. to the, D- yeah, no wonder she's missing planes and everything. That's why she's so like lackadaisical when she walks in. That was yeah. a trip, okay? They really had to truck her out, okay? <laughs> when she and, missed and, it, and, and she was like, I missed the plane. <laughs> like, I'm like, cool. yeah, of course she missed the plane. You gotta like budget a whole hour and a half without traffic. Like, without. we just did it because we were officially done moving. So we just did it from this city, of inner city Baltimore, like the harbor, to downtown Silver Spring or the Rockville area, which is where like Giselle and them live. It was 45 minutes. Yeah, now. Yes. It's not even the same direction as the, as the airport, but like, that's in Virginia. That's, that's a whole different state. That's the whole girl. I'm going to go to a whole new place from this side of the <laughs> You know, for West Coast Center, that's like they, they, it's like their like parkways or highways or something. But for us, it's the beltway. There's like two beltways and a parkway and then another beltway and then a sideway. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> and Robin's 20 minutes outside of the city. So you're banking on at least an hour and that's no traffic. And let me tell you something. I just told y'all. The government people live in Maryland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That means there's traffic. There is traffic. traffic. (laughs) So much traffic. Yes. There's traffic on all sides. We are shooting at all cylinders the traffic because we have more than one major city in an area and we consider it very transient with D.C., Maryland, and Virginia and Northern Virginia. So the metro can take you everywhere, but also with the pandemic and everything, more people are driving. So there's even more traffic. And People really do go back and forth from Virginia to Maryland to DC. It's like a thing. Like and and it's just like there. It's I was. It's no thought. My, so my my two. I have two younger brothers. One lives in DC, and then one lives in Rockville. 
So it's like, tell you but, something. if I have a brother that lives in DC and I'm in Baltimore, I promise you, if he's like, come over, I'm not doing it. Because you're paying her. Because I'm like, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it on any given weekend. Because they, they don't come here. And, no, I know. I'm sure they don't. And I don't wow. Know. I would get my hair done in Baltimore and we would make a day out of it. Love it. Okay. I know so much about Baltimore now when we moved here and we chose liver because we would make a whole day out of it because coming from that side yeah, to the yes. other side, it's a trek. It's like I need to be out here for more than two hours. So I would get my hair done, go to a great coffee shop, and get brunch, and then go to the Target or something. And I yes, mommy. <laughs> I would pick somebody up. I love my BWI runs. If I was going BWI Baltimore, I could do that. Boom, get on um, two ninety five, and then I would when I uh, you have to reach a certain amount, like a certain amount of stars, to be able to see or an acceptance rate to see where you're going. So I would be like, oh, 30 minutes away in my mind, Baltimore. And I would get that thing and it would say Rockville, Bethesda, D.C. And I'd be like, oh, mm. no. So, you know, no, a je- a just hilarious, right? So one morning uh-huh. I get up four o'clock in the morning. I would get up and get out early on a Saturday. I'm driving. I have to pick somebody up downtown Baltimore. Like, I think I picked them up at five. So the girl gets in. She's kind of funny. We laugh. Come to find out, she's Jess Hilarious' his best friend. She was um, Jess was doing a show at the MGM uh, mm-hmm. Grand, and I yeah. was taking her there. That's where Candace was, lives over there. Over that with way, the, one in the harbor. Yes, with the one in National Harbor. Uh huh. Yep, that's where yeah, she, she lives. lives. Over there. That's she lives in um, National Harbor, which used to be Oxford Hill. And she's spending all of that. She's spending yep. all that much. So that, yeah, okay. those townhouses are right there over on the National yes. Harbor by the Gaylord and all the shops and stuff. And it's no shade to that area. No, it's nice, nice area. Right. And some really upscale places that are really, really nice. And some great. Like, but the money that you can. I, I just oof. know what it was before. And I don't know if I would have spent that much to live there. Um, But I don't know when their return on their investment is going to be. But maybe she's on the ground floor. So Because yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking the whole house that you could get for. That in you know, but a lot of money. The average okay. home over there is like like seven. It's like start. They like start at seven, then seven twenties or seven fifties for wow. those townhouses, and it just. It, I can understand it because of how many amenities are there. Yes, but, yes. And it is a lot of amenities there, but she's still kind of on the left of those amenities. She's not like in the high rises in the actual okay. place where they all are and where the, she has like water views. I don't even think she does on that side of where she is. And uh, there actually was a house hunters episode where the girl literally moved three doors down from her. Cause I know exactly where Kansas is. Wow. <laughs> it's creepy, but the problem no, it's is not, like, it's not like, freaky. You listen, like you said, you, you know, if you listen to Jess Zaday, like, that's kind of the point. That's like, yes. If you, yeah. if you have this information, people like to hear. This people stuff, like to hear so it. Share it. Like, yeah. I love listening to Jess because she would tell me all the tea about like the Shahs and where they live and how they soul cycle class. Persian. <laughs> yes. And, yeah. Her husband is um, Persian and um, Jewish, and he's uh, from that area yeah. of Beverly Hills, so he knows them people. Yeah. And I'm like, give me the tea, girl. She yes. So much tea about Dorit's house. Let me just say. So oh, oh, uh, yeah. Um, mm, especially at, um, every time she says, I bought this house, I scream, it's in Sam's name. That's all. <laughs> Somebody, it's not yours. You are just. It is whatever. not in your a name. Trustee of a, of a, of a trust of some uh, trust that's not owned by you. But not, okay, just like the last house. 
Yeah. So why are you acting as if, and, and I'm trying to reconcile my mind of actually kind of sort of liking her this season. And I'm like, I know, I, it hard? it's hard because it I'm like, I don't want to do it I because do. I used to be an LVP and I, I always tell people I'm not a stan of anybody because I could have a favorite, but still be able to call out their behavior. When you're a stan of somebody, you can't see past them. So you, you're not able to call out. Some people aren't able to call out mm -hmm. behaviors, but with LVP, I, I didn't like how Dorit was the reason for the controversy and some kind of way people forgot about her. And it became all about mm -hmm. what Lisa did. But Lisa did something based off of, like, uh, Dorit was the, her, her action. She was the protagonist. But now yeah. it's like she's not, and she gets off scot-free. But I do like her this season. And I'm trying to, like, wrecking myself to that. I don't know that. why I do. It yeah. seems like she just did, like, a total 180. Yeah. And I feel like it's because Kyle automatically assumed ownership of this new title role mm. which i don't know who gave it to her because i think she actively was a beta i think that she knows that she was a beta and yes. i don't understand why she thought she could just ascend into it because it was what like she started this stuff but she never was even in the beginning so i i don't know why she assumed this role but i think that dorita is kind of like actively challenging her for it and yes. i'm kind of cool with that and i don't i don't know if i, I felt like kyle I've never really been, a, I've never been a fan of her from the beginning. And I felt like every new, per, if every new person that came on, she became BFFs with them ultimately because she would end up fighting with Lisa and she would have somebody, even Brandy, when Brandy and Lisa fell out, now Kyle mm -hmm. was friends with her. She, then she became, if um, Lisa took Teddy under her wing, Teddy bear. And then all of a sudden Kyle's best friends with her. Lisa was good friends with Doree and Kyle even made a statement. You talk about this Doree you've known for how many years? I've never even heard of her. Then who became yep. best friends? Her and Dorit. So it was like everyone yep. that came on. You better go ahead Kyle with that recollection. actively made them her close friend. So yep. it's like, okay. And she almost, I feel like she kind of tried with Erica. Eric to me, Erica to me is interesting. What do you think about Erica? Because I was tell, um, talking to somebody about her. I was talking to Anthony because <laughs> my husband was like, this could be a podcast. This is wasted. <laughs> we were talking uh -uh. and I was like, well, that means you got to come on. But from day one, and I don't know what, you know how your mind is probably the same way. You don't know why you remember things. Sometimes you wish you mm -hmm. wouldn't. Do you remember oh, the whole yeah. the Munchausen thing, right? And yes. So uh, uh, Lisa and all of them were talking about the Munchausen, and Erica was around. Erica went back, told Yolanda. Then they go to the circus at Erica's house, and Yolanda confronts Lisa. And Lisa's like, "Well, how do you know? Who told you? Who told you?" And then in we all knew it was Erica. We seen it in confessionals. Erica says, "Yeah, it was me, but I didn't feel like saying I said it." But then in the next scene, Ooh. she's telling Lisa, say who started the conversation. And I'm like, how dare you sit up in a confessional knowing that you ran back and told some information that you shouldn't have. And now you calling Lisa to the carpet. So from that day, I could never get with Erica. And I, I don't know. There's just something about her now, that rubs me. The only reason why that doesn't actively dispel me from Erica is because I explicitly remember one of my favorite ever gifts is Who Said That by Portia <laughs> Williams. And she did not know she said that. So she was actively asking Candy, who said that? And then I was like, Don't that? you dare, my like, Oh, I said that. And I'm like, okay. 
so it's a thing to forget what we say. Remember, Lisa Rinna also forgot that she said yeah, that, yeah. whatever she said about Kim. Um, yeah. and 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 close to death. I don't remember having ever said that, and I'm like, <laughs> and then Bravo said, "Well, we remember," and they always forget. <laughs> in in scene, they do forget. They need that to be sense. reminded. That's right, all. yes. So yes. Erica is, is no different. And but Moni, she didn't forget that. She actively said, I didn't feel like saying I said it. I well, don't she know. remembered Remember. it when the confessionals came out. <laughs> confessionals later. Okay, okay. Much later when she was safe at her okay. house. Okay, you're right, okay. Or at the studio. And the Good point. Like, the police probably flat out asked her, so why didn't you say that you said it? Okay, you're right. She, okay, that's why she had to answer it. So, okay, and to be fair, confessional is where you know um, integrity goes to die. So <laughs> that's where everyone decides to come out as a liar. Um, that's where everything comes out as as like you know oh, they saying things that they don't God. remember saying, and they say things and they get caught because they play them for them and they ask them the questions. Yes, like, yes. Oh, why didn't you say it? She's probably like, well, I didn't feel like saying it then. So if you should be so insane at the reunion, because don't come out. So <laughs> who said that? You said that. So, okay, you're right. Okay, good point. I See? Okay. I don't hate Erica. I don't stand Erica. I'm not like an average like Erica Jane stan. I think that she does. I think that she's left so much for us to desire. I don't know what to do because okay. it feels like okay. what we the energy she came in with then she settled and she fizzled out. And I made this point on my podcast. The only reason that I was forced to be a on Denise's side. And I all know of this, I heard I actively feel like she is hiding something. Or that no, Monty. I do feel like she's <laughs> trying to control the narrative. And I understand that. But to me, I'm like, have you been to a custody battle? Of course you control the narrative. We do whatever you can to control the narrative. That is the whole point and of that a custody battle. Okay, yep. And that was my I thing. I've seen people lose cases because of these shows. Like, yes, yes. legitimately, Tamara and Simon had to put a gag order on their yeah. face watching Bravo because of it. Because yeah. Simon was like actively using it as, look at this crazy woman. She cannot take care of my kid. And then, yes. sadly, it did work for yeah. a couple of her kids. Yeah. So uh, some of them did not, you know, talk to her. And yes, of course, a lot of that is Samra's, it's Tamara's own fault because she sold her, sold out for reality TV. But reality TV is, public information yeah and we yeah. see it coming it's like rumor that it, it's what happened to abby lee miller of dance moms is like the judge was all but good to yes. kind of like clear it and like let it be like a regular case and so she watched the show, watched the show. show. yep and all of a sudden it changed everything for this woman i would yep i told she my husband about that. cancer all the things everything like, things happened yep so, all because of this show hello yeah. so it can play in court. I think that she already had to do some damage control because she probably did come in being like, well, I'm already this free-spirited thinker who, you know, do whatever I want. And her husband got happy endings and things like that. And I always was like, why are y'all acting like that? That there is a difference between her telling, telling that to y'all and like adults who are watching. Right. And not and her kids. That means it never sat well with me. Like that was, somehow unthinkable it's like that's not making her a hypocrite she's a simple mother like what not a lot of money you yes. don't do it, Go and it. Go exactly right now. <laughs> Go right now because everyone was judging lisa rena when her daughters told us that they you know they found out how to get a blood from her mom yeah I'm yeah like, i'm sorry what um 
And no. listen, and my thing was, and I never said it online because I didn't want it. To, you know, how sometimes you write things and they come across differently than what you mean. But when mm-hmm. Lisa sat in that confessional and said, I mean, my kids learn how to give a blood job for me and laughing, I wanted to say, and look at your children. So who, who else is go. to say what else outside of, ju- outside of just that piece that we've seen? What yep. else have they been exposed to? Your daughter just said you made her do the show. And then she came back and said, oh, well, no, I mean, she encourages. Exactly. She encourages. My issue was when they kept saying she acts like her kids are never going to see the show. She can control it. Then her oldest was at that time 14. Then she has a child that's disabled. And then I believe, um, well, not. You work with children, so what would be the appropriate term? What um, she's uh, cognitive. Yeah, she has, uh, um, yeah, she has a learning. She has learning. Learning dis- Yes, learning challenges, not disabled. So forgive me for that. Yes. Learn learning challenges, and then th- their other daughter was younger. So for you to say it's not okay for her to talk about the happy endings with her husband because her kids are going to see this. Her kids aren't going to see it right now. So not to mention again, it, it, it could e- she could easily tell the judge, I can keep my kids. I will put a gag order on Bravo. Exactly. Just like Tamara did. I, they, they're not allowed to watch Bravo. And it works in a lot of cases because they're like, okay, this is what you do, but this is not who you are as a parent. Exactly. Denise Richards, yep. the sex symbol, is not a mother. Like, that's yes. the whole point. No one is booking her because she's the sexy mom. She's not bringing that to the table <laughs> on the show. That's not what's happening here. It's like a separate thing. Preach, mom. kids. And yes. so I'm like, I never really understood why we were giving so much light and energy to this. But I will say they forced me to take this side because they're acting very much so. Ooh. Like they don't get that separation. Yeah. And now we're at a place where I get that Dorit was like, you know, you don't get to keep doing that and calling Bravo, Bravo, yeah. Bravo. Yes, you yeah. did sign up to do this job. However, why do we see Denise's scandal and we did not get thank any you. of their thank you last year? That was my Dorit that's could a, yep. only talk to us about her lawsuit once it was settled. She felt like she was vindicated and bought a house. She didn't talk anything else about that's it. That's right. And it doesn't seem yep. right. She got chased around that pool yes. last season. Yes. And no one showed it and the cameras were there. Why didn't we see that? Erica and her husband. Why didn't we see that in yes. this lawsuit? Yep. Mauricio is getting sued for like defrauding people left and right. Again, Why right. That? Why didn't Not we see that? Harry Hamlin films once a year. Yeah. Why are, mm-hmm. he, if everyone else gets to have separation of church and state, but Denise is like, I'm actively in a battle situation to that's, keep my yeah. children. Not my yeah. money, to keep, keep my, my kids. Ch- that's I what I said. to happen next. I don't know. We started the season out knowing that Charlie was taking her to court. And because he Teddy brought it up. Right. Teddy Hello. said, I don't know. So, so she's now, the, yeah. Yep. So now we just suddenly don't understand why she wants to shut it down. Are you right. kidding? Are you, uh, she that, doesn't want that, to talk oof. about it. Her kids, they need stability. And not to mention, you don't know how much work she had to put in to even get these kids, like her friends, her kids make friends. And you don't know what yeah, it is like. Yeah. I don't know what it's like for these kids to have these friends ask the friends to come over and the parents are like, oh, well, we don't want to send them to Denise Richards' house. Right. And she has to reconcile her daughters because they're sad and upset that none of the friends are able to come to their house because their mom does what? And they don't really know what it is. They just know it's ruining their life. Yep. And I say this because as a teacher, we're taught, you can't ever say to kids, you know, in the real world, because okay. to them, it is the real world. What they're going oh, through in school, okay. what that is their world. They spend eight to 10 hours a day, sometimes longer at school. 
Okay. If they're in aftercare or before care, they're in school. So to us, when we say, oh, that won't matter, honey, that'll be over soon. Like you, that, you'll grow out of that. No one's going to care in a few years because even when you get into the real world, they're like, girl, these tears I feel are so real. Okay. <laughs> this, okay. This is my real world. So, wow, so okay. someone like Eloise, if the friends can't come over and she already needs extra work to be socialized okay. and to make friends. And that's something that they work hard with, with her therapist and her occupational therapist and her special ed teachers and things like that. It's already a, an extra job to help this girl feel very much so like nothing's wrong with her um, because they do know that they're different a lot of times, but they don't know that there's nothing wrong with them until they learn that nothing's wrong with them. Okay. And they just learn differently. And we can tell them that, but socializing them, getting them into schools and having friends and in the special ed class and getting the right, um, it's called individualized education. Yes. Program, the right okay. IEP, IEP for yes. the kid is having those friends. Now I can't imagine little Eloise it, it says she wants to have a play date and she has this friend and the friend set it up and the mom is like, well, we just don't want our kids exposed to the cameras mm. or is Charlie around or uh, is, is, they don't, we don't want to, yes. we don't want them to be around, which I can not blame another kid's mom of any kind, especially if the kid is also in sped in special education. I can understand why a parent would be like, well, we don't want a lot of parents upsetting yeah. you, you know, the norm of this, of my child in general, of any kind of parent, of any kind of kid. I can't imagine yeah. how Denise is going to reconcile that with her kids, let alone a 14 year old girl oh, who may not have special needs, but she's 14. That in itself is a, special is a lot. Yes. Okay. And let me tell you something. If you don't think that those freshmen and sophomore girls went back to the school on mm. Monday and said, well, you know, <laughs> whatever the, the girl's name is, Sarah, Sarah's mom and her friends are like, I'll talk about threesome when Sarah's mom is a freak. And now all of a sudden the boys yes. are like, so Sarah, you look like your mom. Yes. These kids are wow. awful. It's why I chose not to do high school. I chose elementary because high school, they are awful. You could not pay me to go back to high school. <laughs> you would have they to fight mean. going in every day. Them kids are mean. Yeah, yeah. So, and it takes a lot of work on the teachers to keep the peace in those situations. So, if you don't think they went back, and that's why Denise look, the kids are in earshot, shut it down. Right. Like, it wasn't, yeah. you can't talk about it. It looks like shh, they're picking up their ice cream over there. There are children. They are 14. Yes, of course they know what it is. They probably have already done some things, but they don't need to hear that this girl's mom is doing things and her friends are talking about it and all that yes. stuff. It's inappropriate, period, yeah. point blank. I know that. They know that. They can never do it to their kids. And I not a, let that happen in front of all her In kids. front of a portion. Remember, she almost had a fit when LVP brought up the magazine stories and she would, when they were in the kitchen getting ready to go travel. Blue, blue, blue. Yeah, yes. And she brought it up and she said, and how dare you say that in front of Portia? And that was made a whole thing. But also, just Hello. like you said, the kids... The 14, they're looking at it through their lenses. My kids, I have a 23-year-old, a um, which me, and I don't know how I was able to have her at five because I'm 28. Um, a 20, <laughs> <laughs> I have a 23-year-old, a 18-year-old, uh, and a 16-year-old. They're not watching the housewives. So they may walk through casually. They're, t they're on TikTok. They're on Instagram. Yep. So for them to say her kids are going to see it, her it doesn't necessarily mean their group of friends is sitting around no. watching her. So for her to act like if, if, if that's her real life talking about the happy ending, again, she gave that to y'all. So just because she doesn't want to give it to you, like you said, with her kids sitting in earshot. And then right there. when Erica said, I thought this was wild things house, I was like, 
why are we reducing everyone to the roles they play? Like, the roles, because if that's the thing. case, that's if, the exactly. Point. If that's the case, you've been a bartender. You were dancing on stage in underwears on a, um, in Jersey, or not in Jersey, but well, yeah, in Jersey. So are we going to reduce mm-hmm. you to the things that you used to do? Didn't not saying that something's us? wrong with that, but. Didn't she introduce us to her idea of having two personas? Yes. Like one's a sexy yes, she did. And one's yes, a she nine. did. When she's Tom Girardi's wife, yes, she Erica did. Erica Girardi, and yeah. then on the other side, she's Erica Jane because yeah. there's like two because she can't be Erica Jane in Tom Girardi's world. That doesn't mean that his mm, client. That's we, a good we point, mommy. We could be like, so uh, his clients could see this. His clients could see you pass. You're so right. And now his all his colleagues have seen it on the golf course. But you're not living your life that way because you understand that women are multidimensional and they can have different complexities. They're multifaceted individuals. So right. never be mind. The kids signed waivers to be on screen that day. Excuse me if they went home and the parents know they signed a waiver mm. and they check in to see what episode their kids were on and it's this one. What you're right, and they're talking about oh they thought it was just an ice cream social, yeah, with some ice sculptures and some hot dogs. They and now I think we were gonna do all this stuff. I have a con- I have a, an opinion that may be controversial. I'm trying to get you on my side. Okay. <laughs> I'm easily swayed this way. I know that. These shows are about the housewives, but if they're about your real life, and if you're trying, and they're continually bringing her ex-husband into it, like like when Teddy said, "I can't control my parents," just like your children can't control you and Charlie Sheen being their parents. Anyway, so they're constantly bringing in other the, the people that are like adjacent to them. If I was at a barbecue and women were attacking me, and my husband was there. I don't think when they said Aaron yelled at them, I don't agree that he yelled. I think he made them repeat what they were saying to try to get them to hear what they were saying. Now, I get that people say, well, this is housewife stuff, just like PK did. But I, I don't think my husband would, even if it was a TV show, allow six or seven women to come at me. And I'm by myself. I'm defending myself without stepping in. Now, could he have done it a different way? Maybe. Okay, I'll mm-hmm. give them that. I'll give them whatever. But I don't even know if I'll give them that. And no. I, I don't mean to interrupt you, but no, I good. I want. I want to hear what you want to say. There is absolutely. I, I feel like, and uh, when you know that your wife is in a tumultuous place in her yes. real life, like mm. important stuff. And you know your spouse is in that. Like, I am in a serious relationship. And let me tell you something. If someone comes for that person, you're dealing with me first. Thank especially you. Especially if I know they're going through something. Thank you. Like, a battle with the court. They have a special needs child. Like, yes. you, you gotta slow your roll. Thank like, you, mommy. I understand Thank people are like, okay, well, he's a man. He needs to take care. You know, he needs to not be, you know, involved in women's business. But this woman's business is his business. Thank because you. Because you're not going with what was done solely within the group. You're not just going, well, you called me this and you said that. You're talking about what happened at her house with her kids. And this you're is right. her husband. You're right. It's okay if he's like, Better okay, preach, mommy. you're talking about my wife, my stepkids, and what she's going through to keep these kids, to make sure these kids are safe, to make sure they have a decent home environment. Because And all I think about is how did it, you cannot provide disruption in a house with a kid with special needs. Okay. You can't do it. You can mm. do it. So if there is any kind of, Denise has to keep her levels about her 
when she's you have to be extremely patient and understand that routine means a lot, especially when they already get into one. It is what make or breaks your kid. And that's with a lot of kids. Too much change, too much going on. If her kids suddenly had to go back and forth constantly, like every three days, like I mm -hmm. sometimes hear these arrangements and I'm like, who? I don't that's know a lot. the best thing. Right. It's a lot. It's like, then all of a sudden the kid is late this day and if they're upset because this was assembly day and they're late because dad has them, but the, the, the shirt was at mom's house. And mm. it's like, okay, we know you're doing the best you can. Why can't we also then give Denise that same grace? They're doing the best they can. She is trying to not disrupt her kid's schedule in their lives. Sammy, that's the girl's name, is 15, 16 years old. She is almost done. Can we just give her a little more? Can we give her a, li a yes. little bit? Yes. And we can't shame Denise for wanting to get a check. Like, are you kidding me? Well, I heard somebody say, well, I feel like Denise should have waited until the kids were 18 and off the show. Well, that's not a fair thing. To, what fair. do you mean? That's not fair to say. She should have waited. Until, didn't wait either. None of them waited. Or, or, but or like, Michelle like, even said the reason that she chose to do Housewives of Beverly Hills is because it filmed in LA. Yes. And as an actress, she was like, she was so tired of always leaving her kids during yep. their formative years, during their teenage years. So if Denise did not do this show and was only doing the soap operas and then a bunch of other things for other movies and stuff, she'd constantly be flying around and away yeah. from her kids. The kids need normalcy. You're right. They want, and she wants to see her kids. She made them people. She yeah. Them. <laughs> You're right. Excuse her if she wants to have a little barbecue with some ice cream and some hot dogs with her children and friends. And then excuse her if, let me tell you, me and my husband, when we moved from Jersey where all our people was, Monty, we didn't know. We knew his cousin up here. That was it. That's why we moved. So we didn't get date night all the time we would drive our kids to jersey for the night drive back to maryland go on a date and oh turn around and, back and get them so when we could get a little bit of time and her kids had them play dates and she didn't want to bring them to a family barbecue which by the way how come nobody when, when kyle said me and mauricio love putting on these barbecues why did nobody go deeper into why isn't mauricio here and where is portia because we don't see her Hello. either you had a family barbecue and your kids is not there your family's not there didn't come to two of your events now. He was started with him not coming to your fashion show. That's right. <laughs> right. He, that's he why this uh, week I really wanted to title the episode Kyle's a hating ass bitch. <laughs> wait, wait, when you said it, but I was like, yes, that has been, that is her. So they're enjoying a date. Like he said, they just wanted to get away. When he left and said, and um, he said, don't, don't uh, talk to me like that. I'll crush your hand. In marriage, sometimes you say things to each other. Do I think, because I heard somebody say, well, maybe she's in like an abusive, like a verbally abusive relate. You got all that from him saying, I will crush your hand. Like, but if that is the case, and you did think that, and they did think that, I believe the producers would have made them prove to that information if they suspected that. Why, on, why in the hell would you agitate it? Yeah, you're, yes. By bringing why, to camera that she yes. had an affair and make it seem like she had something that did something so That's a good so point similar. also. Why would you do that? I don't yeah. understand. If you're like, especially if what, if what Brandy said was true and you believed her and she said, well, Aaron, she told me Aaron can't know about this or he'll kill me. If you thought for a moment that it would really upset him or destroy her marriage, why would you say it? And right. why would you say it on camera? If you were like, well, this is also why it confirms what we already know is that they filmed the Brandy scene after the Rome trip. Yes. Because it doesn't even add up. You would not bring up these things if you knew for sure that Aaron and Denise, like, it would be like a really, really heated situation and her family. Yeah. I don't believe you would because y'all have had rumors about your husband. About your own, yes. Shut them down. 
every left, right, yes. and, and, and center. Okay, yes. it, it caused her problems with LVP those years when the, the tabloids and whatever. She had such an issue with that. I'm sorry. Look, something just my email just jumped on my screen. I'm like, how do I get rid of it? I'm sorry. Can you still see me? Yes. Oh, okay. Well, then, I'm, look, you're going to see all my emails, too, because I'm scared to lose you, and no, I don't know. I don't see anything else. <laughs> okay. It's just you. Okay. But I, I feel as if, like, it doesn't feel like, I mean, obviously, we know because people did the internet sleuthing, and they see that yes. Brandy was in an outfit the same yes. her birthday was after, and all these things. So we know Brandy did the scene later. That much is obvious, because yes. she was mic'd up waiting in the car. That don't even make sense. And they needed her to come and corroborate what they already approached Denise about. They needed her to come in and actually say what they already told Denise so that they could have a way of corroborating it and, and make it seem like they had already, like they just got this information. Yes. So they can have a, a reason for where it came from. And I gave my theory that <laughs> I believe it's because Teddy, they needed her to engage with the cast because she didn't have yes. a place. I think they only brought Teddy in as a friend of, but because Sutton couldn't film her kids and they had to reduce her to a friend of role, they didn't get rid of any of the footage because they already had so much of it with Sutton. But the reason we don't really get any Teddy confessionals until she yes. was at home during the pandemic and they added them in okay. because she wasn't a full-time friend. I mean, she was a full-time housewife. So they needed her to have engagement with the cast and how else do you do that other than this one is going to produce the scandal because mm -hmm. again, she brought an AK-47 to like a slingshot. Guy. Right. It's You're like, mad. she said you live in your dad's shadow. You can't have a famous parent that be the first time you heard that. Before. And not be the first, yes. That doesn't mean I'm going to destroy your whole family. <laughs> you groomed a woman you sexually almost abused her allegedly and you had sex with a, a woman while you are married your husband doesn't know with your kids downstairs you're a terrible person yeah wow all that because she said your daddy you live in your and she doesn't like you so Honey, what you are just an accountability coach you didn't do anything like what he did with his wife you're not in the spotlight up until now so yes you would be in your daddy's shadow he is a star you are not you're right yep and, and I like how Denise said, I said that because you of all people would know then how it is, or she made reference, like, you should know how it is then for my kids. You know, when you're talking about the parents, but yet, and Denise said on Twitter uh, a few weeks back, that scene with her and her daughter talking and how she, um, how she, when Erica said, you're bringing up the, like the threesome conversation, she tweeted, mm -hmm. the producers told her to bring it up. Oh, see. I know so much of this is producer-led and it kind of has to be, but right. at the same time, I'm like, you have to understand it was such a setup the way that they didn't let Denise bravo, bravo, bravo it. I mean, it's yes. TV for us, but she looked genuinely scared. Yes, she did. And a lot of people are like, well, that means she did something. I'm like, okay, but... Even if she did, we don't care. Do I we're just saying, I'm like, I have to say, bring it on the show. Why do I care? Like, I don't understand exactly. why. Exactly. Did it with Erica Jane? I'm in. Yeah, I'm, I'm dead. <laughs> I want to know who did what. what. I want all the details. I want yes. the itinerary of the entire from night. start to begin. Right, right. I want details. Who looks like what? What happened? <laughs> who started first? I want every single sort of detail you got, and we're going to talk about it for 33 minutes at the reunion. I want it to be one full half <laughs> of one whole part. I do. I want all of the details because they're both on the show and they both have something to interpret. 
Yes, they both yes. have a reason to want to hide this. They're both married. They're both on the show. They, what, what does this mean? They said in a relationship. Like, what does this mean? Do they just want to try it out? Like when we get to like um like for instance, Kristen and Brittany when that was like a, a, a yes on Kentucky Park, Muffin together. <laughs> I want to know. I still want to know more about Lana yeah. and Ariana and how Tom didn't want to be involved. I want Tom's side of it. Yes. That's different. Yes. I'm in the show and I'm invested. But for Brandy to act like she just didn't want this to get out because she doesn't want to be a cheater, so she didn't know. Honey, curse Denise out, send her a text message, and go on your way. And go on your way. If you never told us, we would have never known. You're right. Yep. So the idea that you're going to be a cheater, like, you know, people are going to think of you as a cheater. No one it really doesn't care, uh, except for Justice for Sheena. Like, you came exactly. in and you met Sheena, which you yelling at her. So maybe a little bit of exactly. apology for that. But otherwise, no one cares. Like, no one is that upset that you had this happen because we did not know. We had no reason to know. You're not yeah. on this show. So for them to bring it in just at the expense of Denise, it feels very plotted. And I'm like, yeah, okay, it makes for good TV. But not when it's just like last it's- season where – if they did not hype this up and it didn't all try to go after LVP at one time, we would have had a fine season. Yes. And you would have literally been like, oh, LVP tried to hide it. But also, LVP and Dorit are two friends on the same show. I on the same show. Sides. Yep. And Teddy was involved in that, got caught in a lie in that. So it's like... Be lying. Yeah, and you go ahead and take her own accountability. Her own accountability. accountability Thank you. <laughs> I think she needs a coach. And wait a minute. How about you? I need to go back to something you said. You said with the Tom, Ariana, and Lala situation, even then when that was brought up on camera, notice at that time, Lala and, and uh, Ariana were friends. Remember, Lala denied it. And then in her confessionals, they asked her why she denied it. And she said, because it involves her too. I'm not going to just say yes until I know she's comfortable with it. Even she knew not to say that. Ooh, the Yet. Of knowledge in this vault. Oh my God. Yes, that's exactly what she said. And I am not always the biggest Lala fan. Me neither. Me neither. That's that how is you what do you it. do when it's someone that you were on a cast with, someone that you considered a friend, and you don't want to disrupt their life without talking to them. But these are not people that Ariana talked to yet. Not to mention, she's not always been the closest with Jax or Brittany like that. So that's not her story to tell because like, nope. it involves so somebody I, else i prefer that i like that i think that that is what you should do and she told the producers yeah it happened but they don't need to know that <laughs> right <laughs> yes yes and what there about oh, sarah galley made a good point on her show this past week uh with damian bellino she said do you remember the barbecue that the groundbreaking thing heather debro was having when we were for, when shannon and david were there heather knew that David was having an affair, but she ne- she said she never brought it up on camera. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. like, but then you have and and Beverly's life. That's their whole yeah. family. Yeah, they have like, kids. They consider all of that. And you I just think Kyle has a hard on for Denise. You know, yeah. specifically because something is going on with her marriage. I have said it. I would not be surprised if they have some kind of arrangement themselves, and that's mm-hmm. why they keep talking about it and they keep wanting to throw Denise under the bus. I think Kyle is probably looking for some new way to understand why Mauricio is like living life differently. I mean, we see a lot of changes mm, happening with him. Yes, yes. If we're going to start a show and have an entire uh, premiere centered around a fashion show for a line that your wife created Mm. and your work party for a business you own 
and you set the calendar for can't be pushed. I don't you, understand mm. for your wife. Mm. I don't now. First of all, your wife plans so many of your parties, and she's this. She's like the the crux of your business. You yes. Know? Why didn't she plan? Like, why wouldn't you want her at the party? Like something about that was yeah. so off putting to me. And yeah. then to hear the woman be like, "Let's take a shot of tequila." Like, yes. Like, what? excuse like, I'm you, not yeah. He's actively having an affair. I don't know, but I just think that Kyle is having. There's something going on where she's having these big filming events, these mm-hmm. gig events that are her life and her and, and in this part at her home. And he went to a game. He went to a game, and you're saying you're advertising a it college as, one. Yes, and you're advertising it in your confessionals as me and Mauricio love to do these family barbecues because you're trying to shade Denise by saying thank you so you're too big you're so busy trying to shade Denise because she didn't bring her family but yours isn't there also then we got mad at Denise for cursing in front of Phoenix who's like six how let me uh, tell you something there are plenty of six-year-olds who won't say it. I promise. They heard it before. <laughs> I, I don't believe Dorita's not cursing around her kid. It has never slipped out. It happens. You look at the kid and say, don't say that, and you keep going. And you, you keep, keep chopping the vegetables, okay? Like, it's not that serious. We've all had it happen. Like, I specifically try not to when I'm, like, in a classroom because there's a million of them there. But let's tell you, <laughs> if you think a six-year-old is not driving you to say some four-letter words, <laughs> What? But all of a sudden, Denise can't curse in front of the six year Oh, the child is right there. Oh right. The ch- but the 14 year old suddenly was like, Oh, well, she said that. Right. Right. Not to mention, they're minors. What if the kids did hear that and goes, Oh my God, y'all have reasons too? And now we're talking about sex with minors on TV. Wow. Like, there are so many liabilities that are happening. Good that point. Team, that it made no sense that we were all harped up on this idea that Denise can't regulate what happens at her own house. And they kept going when she said guys, and they were like, oh, they kept going. It's like... If you bring it up to me six times, six different episodes, you're... Denise responded more civilized than all of us. Yeah. Oh, t- <laughs> yes. Because I'm halfway... I bet you Garcella's thinking in her confessionals, if you did this to me and my children and you yes. kept bringing it up to me, we would you have are going to get an attitude. We're going to yeah. have an issue. I am going to get the butter knife. And because you bringing, you bringing this up, it inherently involves my children. So now you're constantly talking about my children. And when Denise, I mean, when Lisa Renna said, did you discuss the hookers at breakfast with your kids or at dinner? At Thanksgiving. Yes. Wow. I, Monty, <laughs> Monty, look, I wish y'all could see Monty. I think Monty's on the floor, yeah. Because <laughs> I'm just like, Lisa Renna is quite literally the most toxic individual on I, uh, a TV uh, show. It, and it I turns my skin. I make a case for that to anyone who's listening who wants to come to my DMs. You surely can ask me why I think she is more toxic than Ramona. Uh, I think she's more toxic than Sonia, even Luann. And I, and there's something to be said about the fact that I think that all of New York women are toxic. But, and, and literally, Renna has said many times that she considers the person that she plays on Beverly Hills to be and I don't, a character. And I don't like she that. She calls her Renna. I don't like that. That's not reality. It also nope. means that you are making active choices. Yes. You're making an active choice. It is not your initial reaction to say this. You're trying to produce a show. Mm-hmm. Leave that to the producers. We already see them as villains, but you can't do this to someone. And to, to hear Denise say, this is my friend of 20 years and like the trailers, I'm like, I, I, Rena has sold her soul for this. Sold show. her I, soul. It's, 
it's not the de same desperation that we see with Vicky or Nini or Teresa or Ramona who are just trying to hold on to it. Yes, and yes. you see all these youthful people coming through mm -hmm. who have all this new story to tell and all these and new, new energy, new kids yeah. and right. Like if I were Vicky, I would probably hate the shit out of Ryan too. That's <laughs> seven kids. That is a whole lot of storyline there. And you're when your husband be swinging. Oh, girl. Yeah. 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 <laughs> no, she wouldn't even get naked in the hot tub and that's nothing. You know what I, I mean? Know. So but like, yeah, you're going. Yeah. Of course she's going. So I understand that that's desperation. But Rena, that's not desperation. She is writing an active check. She is cashing a check yeah. from the devil she sold her soul to. Thank she you really for is. saying that. When you said about the character, because that had been in my mind before, because I remember her saying that. And just like you said, that means that this is not reality then. If you're playing, you're not, and, and they keep, she keep, when she said before, she said character or an, an extended, like a, a more hyper version of herself, you're mm -hmm. still putting it on. And I remember she turned quickly on Lisa Vanderpump. What made them, because they were friends going to see the pony, going, there, and then all of a sudden it was a change. And I've noticed with her, have you noticed every season something comes out, she goes, are they manipulating me too? If you're that easily to be manipulated, then something's when wrong not, with you. You're just perpetuating exactly. the storyline. You want to be like, oh my God, it could happen to any of us. Yes, yes. said that. And I honestly believe that they did tell Rena because they thought that she was going to say something. I don't think Teddy was the original person to give this information to okay. And Kyle probably just told Teddy, listen, I'm trying to keep you on this Take show. one for I the team, you, yeah, yeah. I think you need to address it. And then it almost felt like then Kyle flipped on Teddy because when Dorita yes! was talking about it, well, at the thing she was like, oh, obviously, Teddy, you're feeling this and that. And Kyle goes, well, what about her? She's feeling something yeah, too. When she, she went to Denise, I had to so rewind my a lot. I'm like, but you, 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 what? You just put her through this. You I, are the one who made this happen. You could have easily left this. Yes, you didn't even take this the road. I was watching you on DVR, and I said, "Is she defending her, her, or is she?" When I saw that, I said, "You have got to be kidding me!" But she's famous for that. I have to go back to, and I know I'm bringing up old stuff. The whole Munchausen no, thing. The old stuff. You got to. You got to give a reference. The old Munchausen. Remember, they all went to meet for lunch. And before that, it was um, Kyle, Lisa, uh, Lisa Vanderpump. And it may have been Renna. We're talking about her kids and whether or not Yolanda's kids had it. And Lisa Vanderpump says to Kyle, don't bring it up. I don't want to talk about it. They get to lunch. Kyle brings it up. And then now she's out of the, the mm. she backs out of the conversation and Yolanda goes after Lisa. And in her confessionals, it's talking about Lisa, the longtime friend of Muhammad's. How could she bring this up? She didn't bring it up. Kyle brought it up. And Kyle was like, well, you said it, uh, Lisa. And it was like, wait, nobody sees the puppeteer brought that up. So Kyle, Kyle is famous for doing that. Now, all of a sudden, you're the victim. You're the, oh, oh no. Right. Like, I, I just, um, I was sitting and watching this dinner table, and I was like, okay, so I will give it that this is probably one of the most interesting scenes to happen. That they've this had. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. But it also feels like we did too much to get here. Because Ooh. it feels like all these threesome conversations was trying to be a preamble for this. When you could have just said this. We could have just led with this. We could have been dealing with this about four episodes ago and just got to the nitty gritty. And we didn't do that. And I'm just like, so then 
again, you're forcing me to be on Denise's side because yep. of course I think something happened. I don't think it happened to be of course, of right. Brandy is alleging. I think that there is some level of restraint that was held. I don't believe Denise to be so hell bent on trying to use the show to change her character, which they said on care on camera. I don't believe her to be yes. that kind of like spot on critical of making sure she portrays herself to be such a important, like a good mother, good woman, and then be so frivolous with who she hooks up with, with her kids downstairs in the other room. Wow. Yes. I don't believe that to be the same thing. That doesn't sound right to me. No one's working this hard to keep their image correct. And they're just going to risk it all for her quick little, you know, situation with one woman and then like not make sure the door is closed or locked or keep the voices down the her only concern being Aaron I don't buy because I feel strong yes that her only yes. concern really is her kids it's her kids and when when they uh, when Lisa ran I was looking for something on my foot because I have I have got to read and I remember, I'm so glad you brought something up because I seen it on Facebook today and I was like oh I gotta read this to Mani to see if you um had seen it but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. when she said I think Denise is trying to use the show to change her image. I think Denise is hoping that her image and her custody battle isn't changed by the show, by what they're saying. So how she's pulling back. And then do you remember seasons ago, Renna had turned it down a little because of pay. And also she said out of her mouth, her, it's when her kids started modeling. Her kids had lost some modeling jobs due to her behavior, but I don't want to discuss it. So you decide to change your behavior when your kids lose jobs and Denise can lose her Mm -hmm. kids. Mm -hmm. And it's a, and it's a different story. Mm. Not to mention she's had primary custody this whole time. Yes. To disrupt any Mm. of their lives right now. The, uh, I mean, she also has said Charlie didn't really keep his money like that. And a lot of ways, yep. of course, try to go ahead and rectify the no money situation is by saying that you need to spend more time raising your kids. And while that is a noble mm. idea in theory, it's not always in practice what's best for the children. But it is fair because, of course, their job is to do what's fair and what they think is best for the kids. So Denise has to make a constant case for herself what is best. For her children and right now if they've right. been primary custody with her this whole time it's not best that they all of a sudden get ripped out and then are going back and forth or half yep. there half here monday wednesday thursday they're at mom's and then friday tuesday saturday sunday they're at dad that, yes that's yep. a lot not to mention yeah. you got school you got practices that's a lot of coordination and granted if you are active parents and you want to take control uh, and you want to be active in your kids' lives, you'll do it. I don't yeah. think that that's Charlie Sheen. I don't think that Denise thinks that that's Charlie Sheen. So she's like, <laughs> I'll be damned if I'm sharing anything with this man, especially these kids. I like how you said I'm I don't even think Denise nothing. thinks that's Charlie right? So of course she wants to make sure that the show she probably was like oh shit i let it all hang out last season because she was trying to secure that bag because mm-hmm. she is trying to make something happen for her kids and if it's true that they really did pay her allegedly four million dollars for three seasons hell yeah she's gonna turn it up yeah hell yeah she is and you want to know something this backfired on the entire cast yeah it did if they thought that doing this and exposing her in the bravo 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 thing was going to bring them down it only made people watch more it's the only reason why people watch so they're not going to get rid of mm, these things. Mm. The only thing that people watched was because she had to pull the plug and stop the show from recording. And people wanted to see why. They wanted to know yeah, why. Right. They wanted to be able to pick a side, find a reason why, what is the true tea. And 
it just it backfired. And then backfired. see her to no sit down in that seat with that little smirk when they say, "Are you ready to talk, Denise?" And she gives right. that and little she yes. Two parties. They acted. She was like, she "Yeah." Was they said she quit show. the show. Oh, uh, what about Lisa and Kyle in the confessionals? It made Are you me. Okay? Oh, you. Know, well, I think that's the last time we'll see Denise Richards. I oh, was like, "Now you'll see her." And she went to the reunion, so you saw her. So you lied. You don't know nothing. I want to read this to you, and this was and. It was like they read my mind because I was trying to think of everything that Brandy's ever said. So on Facebook, somebody had said in regards to when uh, Kyle said Brandy doesn't lie. So somebody's you may have seen this. If Brandy doesn't lie, then Kim pooped on her pillow in Amsterdam. If Brandy doesn't lie, then Kim did meth in the bathroom. If Brandy doesn't lie, then Kyle accused LVP of having an affair with her personal trainer. If Brandy doesn't lie, then Kyle said LVP and Ken. Kyle said LVP and Ken were bankrupt and living in Calabasas. If Brandy doesn't lie, then Maurice doesn't want Kyle. If Brandy doesn't lie, then Kyle really wants Kim to fail in her sobriety. Because Brandy said that. If Brandy doesn't lie, then she really did push Kyle in self-defense. If Brandy doesn't lie, then Kyle wouldn't answer the phone when Kim was calling for moral support. If Brandy doesn't lie, then Kyle deliberately started a fight with Kim on poker night for the cameras. If Brandy doesn't lie, then she was there for Kim and Kyle wasn't. If Brandy doesn't lie, then she was telling the truth in Amsterdam when she said that Kyle was a frequent pot smoker. If Brandy doesn't lie. Okay, so <laughs> that beautiful poetry... Um, did you do that? Oh, I was no. gonna say because it was so put together. <laughs> I have said, you know, Brandy doesn't lie, and everything she's ever said is true. Yeah, it's and true. That, what do you? And I'm like, what do you mean, Kyle? You didn't know Brandy to be a liar. You've known her to be nothing but a liar. You called her a goddamn liar. Like, you, yes, you and Kim both said to her face that she's a goddamn liar. Uh, didn't Candy? I mean, didn't Kyle send Brandy a cease and desist before a reunion? Okay, so I just find it very funny how <laughs> we forget all the things that we know to be true about this game. Like, I just, it feels very much like they needed another scapegoat, but yeah. I don't understand how they didn't recognize that last year didn't go so hot. Nobody really well. wanted to be on LVP's side, but you kind of force people's you, hand when you bang up on one person. Like, then we have no nothing else to invest in, but like, one over the other and really a lot of people who just didn't like LVP and still weren't on, weren't on her side just ended up not liking these women and then not wanting to watch and not show. wanting to watch the show and I because think Kyle like, oh, these mean girls this yeah. fab fox fox fab fox <laughs> yes <laughs> yes <laughs> did you like, say FEMA fibula <laughs> are we 12 yeah <laughs> the group of friends right 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 yes yes <laughs> Girl, <laughs> you better go ahead. Anybody who needs to bullet point or like outline their response in a comment section, yeah. like Garcelle gave her answers for like what she thought 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 about all these women getting together after the reunion, which by the way was filmed at home for your safety and protection. And then y'all go out and get together. Yeah, y'all all go to get together. Yep. Um, okay. And then yeah. make make sure you take the picture of it because for me. It would be like if I was going to do that after the reunion because I am a public figure and we are in a pandemic, I would not be taking a picture posting it. You would think you wouldn't do that. Just like Ramona didn't post a picture when she was at the party with Donald Trump Jr. and his girlfriend who is and his girlfriend then turned out to have COVID. But anyway, so. And then and, and they thought that Ramona probably yeah, had, had COVID around the city of New York. Exactly. And I will say that they do currently um, the reunion for New York when we are filming this episode, this supposed uh, recording this episode is supposed to be filming the reunion today. 
So oh, that's right, in person. Do yeah, in person, and apparently they have face masks. Um, uh, but like, um, oh god, what are they called? The shields, face shields, but they're see through and they come from the nose down. So oh, I want. So oh, please do some really good. Uh, you can give them glam, and you can actually see their glam, and they're very clear and transparent. At least Ramona's is. Oh, um, please. That's how they're gonna keep it from spreading to each other. So people have often said the shields may not work because they come outward, so your mouth can still blow out. Okay. So this one's a little bit more effective because they come from the ears and the nose down, and it covers this part of the face down to your chin. And that is how we get to see some lip gloss, too. I mean, obviously, it's also for mm-hmm. people who are, like, audio impaired and who need to read lips, and that is important. We should yes. definitely be doing that for them. But let me tell you something. Now I can go back to buying lip gloss. Stop it. I was DMing with... go out my house. I was DMing with Hannah j- right before you got on. I could show you, and I said... I'm just really, I just really want to wear my lip gloss out because sometimes the lip gloss is the best thing about my entire outfit. I told my, I have an addiction to lip gloss. It makes it happen. I yeah. love a lip gloss, a lipstick, a lip look. Oh, face. Monty, we are so, such friends. Yes. I have over 200 lip Okay, you have me beat. I, I love a lip color. It's because I keep buying them. Me too. That's all. Wait a minute. There's no reason not to. It's the same damn shade. I don't know why. <laughs> It was a storm yesterday. Me, I just want another one. And I've I been doing curbside pickup, the lipstick. Yeah, you can drop Ooh. it in the trunk. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Ulta, I used to live like me four too. blocks from an Ulta, and I would just walk to the Ulta and be like, hello. You <laughs> see me, right? Right in front of Starbucks, and that's a really dangerous combination. Um, that is one of my most dangerous places is Ulta and Target. Yes. I think Target is actually of the devil. I don't believe that. Let me- I think that's probably the most dangerous place. That is an actual war zone. Um, I know <laughs> I'm not cut out to ever go into the military service because I can't even make it through Target. I have no willpower, no restraint, no self-control. So I can't be, and that's why shout out to anyone who's ever been in the service, who was in the service, who knows somebody in the service the discipline that it takes to Let do me, it because I can't even shop correctly I've been in and Target like every day this every day since last week except for maybe did me and my mom go no me, my mom came to visit me from Jersey uh, and stayed for two days so, so and we did go Sunday I've been every day so much so when my husband and uh, my two that are home and uh, my niece, who's like a daughter, we went to Target on um, Friday night and security was in there. And I said, hey, and we were like, see you tomorrow. <laughs> I'm always in Target. Me and my mask are in Target. Yeah, so oh, I love it. I'm in Target. I have not been in a long time, but we went to yesterday and I, um, I needed a pair of pajamas. I spent $150 on pajamas. <gasps> but I am me. not. I am. I am so ashamed that I'm also so not regretting it. I watched every single one of them pieces yesterday when I came home. Watch them. Mommy, wait a minute. I'm still in it right now. You're talking about pajamas and washing. I heard you when I was listening. I, that's why I love you. You were doing the recap from your episode um, this past weekend. You said, oh, there's my dryer. <laughs> when yep. your dryer said, then you were like, and there's my dryer. <laughs> it's so new. It be singing. I don't understand why. I'm like, who? 
what is that? <laughs> right. you know? And I am like, okay, just got well, the, uh, we're here now. We got to do it. The two sweatsuits from Target with the hood. Like I got the, the what it's, I got on. They're the Ooh, not they are oof. They're really, really dangerous. <laughs> I don't believe they do this with good intention because I'm walking through and I came in for pajamas, but somehow I still bought a skirt. I was like, I don't need a skirt. <laughs> but it was really, it's like a cute little denim mini skirt and it's like two different shades of denim. And I, was, oh, I saw that. This is yes. giving me Marsha Brady vibes. I want it. I, why did I, I don't know why I spent $144 on clothes, <laughs> but they were so soft and there were so many and they, they yes. get you because they're so reasonably priced. Yes. So many different types. They'll be like, oh yes, this tank top, the one I'm wearing is like six bucks. Like I need three. Yes. Mommy, I'm telling you. Six bucks. Now we're like 18. So. And now I got to go back. I said, uh, cause the, the, uh, the thing came with the shorts. So I got the red hoodie with the little shorts. And then I was like, well, I need the red sweatpants in case I go out somewhere and want to in case it rains and, and then i told my husband now yeah, i just need a, a look i need a new pair i need some uh white high tops some air force ones or something to go with my i'm a jersey girl look put I on my hoops through, <laughs> i went through the entire like um luggage or like the handbag section mm -hmm. and i just sold all my handbags because i'm moving so i was like, <gasps> and i got rid of so many of them and then i was like I think I need to buy them all back. I think I need to do this <laughs> You know one, what? And then I need this one. This is a really cute. Oh, this Wait is a minute. club. I'm not going out. I don't even need a purse. I'm not going nowhere. And Monty. I feel like I need four. I didn't buy four, but I thought about it. And that's the problem. And then they had all the paraphernalia of being from Maryland. I went to University of Maryland. They had University of Maryland. Oh, here. yes, they did. Yes. I yes. must get the tank top. And then I was like, oh, you want, do I want nationals or ravens or I don't know. Oh, my God. I don't like any of the sports. But it was cute. It was, but it was cute. It was nice and form fitting. It was coming my size. And I was like, oh, it's so terrible. They're all trash. Everybody at Target <laughs> who works at the brand is trash because they do it on purpose. Yes, they, they do. They gave me these beautiful pajama pants that were only $14.99. That's why I must get the matching shirt and yes. shorts. Yes. And $50 yes. in pajamas. Let me. I felt like if you. I buy it, if I buy a piece a day, <laughs> then I feel like, I'm, or me, either that, or if I order online, I feel like the money's not coming out. I don't know what it is. I just feel like when you press that button and you order online, I don't quite, I'm not, not my handing my card. Yes. I'm not handing my card over to someone. Oh my gosh. I um, so appreciate you coming on this podcast. I've held you hostage for two hours and oh I could, gosh, I could okay. hold you hostage for two more because I enjoy talk and I love talking to funny people. I love to laugh. So I'm very yeah. big on um, hearing podcasters like when they like belly laugh. It's like it makes me laugh. So I um, am so mm -hmm. appreciative for you coming on. Um, I will be Thank DMing you. you. Me. I oh, so much fun. Let me tell you, I had a, I was so excited to talk to you. You did not, I knew you wouldn't, I'm not even going to say disappoint. I knew you would come on here and drop some things that I had not thought about. Oh, one thing that you said, um, this stuck out to me, told my husband about it last night. You were on the real moms mm -hmm. of Bravo. Shout out to them. Yeah. And you said, it's not about, and you, you, you went into it a little bit earlier, and I want to, mm -hmm. people to hear it again because it was so impactful. If you're trying to support black women or people of color, it's not just about watching the show to watch. It's about watching because it builds their 
numbers and their ratings, which it, then in turn mm -hmm. will bring in advertiser dollars, which then in yeah. turn, the women will be paid more money. It's putting money in their pockets. Therefore, you're supporting the black women, the black. So I thought that was really, really good because I hadn't broken it down like that. You know, yeah, in my mind. I think that I, I have on my Instagram page a highlight of black owned businesses. And I was yes. like, you know, it's not even just the businesses. It's about if you want to learn without constantly having to ask a black person, hi, is it okay if I ask you this? Because it's hard for us to create boundaries. And a lot of people will say, no, I always have the patience and the time because I am a teacher by trade. So it's kind of like I'm built with a certain level of patience, but not everybody's like me. So don't yeah. go asking every black person, you know, can you talk about their racial struggles in America? <laughs> so well, on this nice, nice, crisp Wednesday afternoon, they might be like, girl, I'm going to make it to Champagne O'Clock. <laughs> I can log off of this telework and I just want to have my glass and I want to go ahead and live life. I don't really want to talk about what it means to be black today. And right. that's also fine because I log off of Instagram all the time because of that. I don't always yeah. want to do it. And it's harsh to say Google it, but yes, you can Google it. But also another way, if you don't know what to Google, a great place to start is by watching shows that are made by black creators or that have black writers and even shows that you love if you know they're talking or approaching a subject that has to do with lgbtq black people you know muslim people or people of different religions and cultures make sure that writing room reflects that because they tend to not always and that's also an issue so it's not just about putting the money in their pockets to make sure that you're getting the adequate information and you're surrounding yourself with content that may not look like you because often it's just fun like i, I watch the housewives of the west coast none of them look like me except for garcelle and that it, is this year and that's and new. i'm still yeah. able to cover it because yeah. they're characters it's a show you focus on the plot line you focus on the storyline i can i don't have to relate to them to get into it but also Abby made a good point. It, it's possible to relate. Like she relates to Robin, who's a mom yes. of three boys. Yes, that was a good has point. A household to run, and she's like, okay, I relate to the chaotic energy that is Robin's life having young kids. Yes, that is something yes. that moms can do. So it doesn't even matter that we're more alike than we are different. If we stop trying to say, well, I can't just get into Potomac and Atlanta, and I'm like, okay, well, there's uh, a problem. Yeah, I, I, there's but, a reason but, why. When I hear podcasters say that, yes. Women who are also moms and wives. Yes. If you are a mom or a wife or you're a woman. I don't understand. And you're a it's woman, period. Yep. Yeah, yes. Yes. You're a woman. These are women. Oops. We're, <laughs> we're there. We're done. Um, so it's like, yeah, you want to put money in their pockets. But if you watch Potomac and Atlanta, there's a reason why they're so well paid on Atlanta. And it's because they have that prime slot and it forced bravo's hands it's like season three or four mm -hmm. but then they were getting like three or four million viewers at a time and that's numbers they don't even do now and it's like record numbers for reality tv shows that audience was high because it was integrated and it was a lot of different people and though it's fell off a, a little bit atlanta is still one of the highest rated franchises yep. in history and it forces bravo to pay them because the ads are going to them the night is going to mm -hmm. them sunday nights when women are doing their laundry getting the lunches ready they're like finally done cooking or done the yes. dishes or done living their life or having their day they have their glass of wine or they get stuff done they have their their time they watch with their friends. They're on the Zoom. They're calling yes. their, their husbands are watching. The kids are asleep. And now they're watching Atlanta and they're in for the shade and the fun. And it's that hour of goodness for them. It forced Bravo's hand to pay those women. It made mm, them show good. up and do their job and really circulate that money towards women who are really going to earn it. Okay? The reason right. why you don't see great numbers for weekday shows is because who's really has time to stop and watch something live during the week every week? Yeah. We DVR it. 
And that yeah. hurts their numbers. But, you know, people go, well, what about this whole self-proclaimed, you know, black night of Sunday and stuff? Listen, it happens because black, the black audience in the black dollar, you cannot ignore, no matter how much you yes, want, you're no matter right. how yep. you try. It is a large purchasing power. So they know the people who watch Atlanta will also want to watch Potomac. And that's true. There are a lot of black people I know and I talk to that are like, I only watch the black ones. The yes. ones and, and people are like, well, what's the difference? I'm like, well, the difference is you're not going to be triggered as a white person watching Atlanta oh. because you don't have to be. You don't live your life hoping you don't get triggered by your own experiences. You know, at least they don't have to pertain to your race. If it's a sexual thing or a sexual abuse thing or a woman thing, there are lots of other things, but by yes. your race, but sadly, as a black person who loves Bravo, we do get we triggered. Get triggered with no yes. warning. Okay, yes. all of New York has been triggering with no warning. I've said it very many times. Ooh. Watching New York, which is like their prime franchise and everybody's favorite, and watching Luann come in with blackface, and then yeah. know that Bethany even says so. Luann come in with blackface, and she's laughing. But overbronzing yourself to be Diana Ross is triggering. I don't, and I don't really feel like people debating me on whether or not it's blackface. I don't feel like it. Right, because I don't want to on a Wednesday night or Luann being incarcerated when you spent Sonya's been drunk for longer than a consecutive time than you stayed in a in the jail when she and said, "Oh." Her arrest, it, I tweeted it and I took screenshots to make sure I actually really did tweet it. I was like, I remember this being the worst day. That was the worst day of my life being a Bravo fan. I was like, I am nauseated by watching Luann get arrested. I didn't have a platform or anything then. So I was just tweeting it to the, the hashtag. And I was like, watching what she's doing and seeing that we would not even get close oh. to that point. And to know in years later, like four or five years later, that George Floyd will die at the hands of cops without being an ounce bit of combative the way that woman was. And to watch me be right and say, well, we would never get that far. And to watch me be right, I'm like, it's dangerous. It's a, it's a trigger and no one was expecting it because I'm sitting there like, oh my God, the way got arrested? Wow, I want to watch this season. Wow, I'm watching and I'm seeing the footage and I'm like, they show okay. the footage. I can't watch this. I, I, I couldn't watch it. The reunion happens. And they're like, people are, you know, criticizing your arrest. And they for her to battle the judge on whether or not she even assaulted the officer. Yes. And the judge is like, uh, you did. And she's like, uh, no, no. And I'm like, we wouldn't even made it to court. Are you kidding me? What about you when she said, probation, girl. One, and then violated it. And she said, I had one glass of champagne. When she said, when she was standing in that room, uh, at the Fortune uh, Foundation, and she said, I hit the officer in the face. I immediate, my immediate, it was like, I just saw Sandra Bland, who was in her own car driving, pulled over by an officer because supposedly she failed to signal. She had a cigarette in her car, and he tells her to put it out, and she said, well, why? It's in the car. And he says, I will light you up with this taser. Drags her out of the car, mm -hmm. it's on, and she's dead three days later in police custody. And you hit an officer in the face. And that is why I have, I, I know that people love Leah, but I have, a, I take a little bit. Of, <laughs> I, I, you already know where I'm going. You already know, know where I'm you going. Know why I'm laughing. I yes. know, listen, you know, I have talked about my grievances. With her. Listen. I have decided to separate church and state. I've I had to. Only on the show. I've had I to. I do agree she's good for the show. I think that means the bar is very low because the show is 
a hot mess. And this whole rumor that there is a black woman that's going to be on New York next year. Alicia Quarles. And accomplished. Yes. I, um, best of luck to that woman. I mean, if she can make it happen and make things shake with Leah, that's cool. I know there are plenty of black people that do because Leah would love to tell you that that's what happens. I just don't think she should be subjected to it or I should be subjected to watching it. I've been very clear about my thoughts and opinions about Leah. I have been very open about them and in dialogue. I've gotten bad reviews on my podcast about it. People coming to my DMs hot and heated, like, actually, and I'm like, I just don't understand how you can say you created an entire genre of clothing. that Baby fat. Hello. Because, but simply because you grew up around the people that did create it. Yes. You grew up downtown in Brooklyn around black and brown people. They did it. Right. They had to do it. When she well, said. I for Dan is still on this earth. I refuse. L- L- not I- he is still around. And even when he's not. No. I did a po- I had I did a podcast episode. It was episode two called um, Vander McSweeney, and it was breaking down what happened with Vanderpump Rules, with Stassi, and what she said, and why it was so dangerous. And actually, because somebody was like, she's uh, entitled to her opinion when she talked about Oscar so white and said, why is it um, that we have to bend over backwards for them when they complain, and the reason they're not winning Oscars is because of their acting ability when the Sony hack. In 2014, tells you differently when you have a Sony executive emailing another one saying black people do not carry lead roles international, and you're not making two movies, one for here, one for international. So guess who gets left out? Well, black black Panther people went ahead and just uh, thank you. that entire. So thing. did not only that. Denzel Washington's me, 12 years a slave. They all dispelled that. So that so I break that down, and then. When she said she created streetwear, I, I wanted to become the Incredible Hulk. I wanted to go from Dr. David Banner to the Hulk and rip my clothes. You talking about baby fat. You talking about uh, Adidas. Uh, um, you talking about the Kang. All of that well before you. I, I, I just was like, girl, I, I, no Sit one down. my man's Dapper Dan because he came on Project Runway and they introduced yes. him as one of the founders of streetwear because he literally did bring street culture to high-end labels because they were already doing it. He was like, this needs to be a thing. Like, they're not selling it towards us, but we're wearing, we're, they, the, the way a black person from the hood, like from, and this is my experience, it's not a generalization, the way the people that I grew up around worked their tails off and did all the things to buy that one damn Gucci yeah, you, The listen, one. Listen. And make it a part of their actual wardrobe okay? yes and, and but not with fancy suits which is what it was designed for they would do it with jeans but that's what they wore and that's what they're young they're hip they're doing the thing so who made timberlands and, take and, off we did hello. and what did and they say i mean dapper dan is a president of these type of things on purpose because he really did pioneer it so they had to give him his accolades and if you knew fashion you would know that about him. And people will, you know, say, well, what about her saying that she did it for women? I'm like, not while Kamora Lee Simmons is alive. Thank you, baby. You say that. Say it. Not yes. while Russell Simmons is even alive. Because Thank you. As he is in personal life, he created an entire brand of streetwear. Thank before you. Before Leah was even like a child. A ch- and he did it when then decided to use his wife to do the female version of yes. it. Yes. Called Baby Fat. And yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. And we wore fat farm. Yes. Okay. How about, I was getting, and we also wore, because they made them for women, with the throwback jerseys, women wore them too, with the right. tight jeans and the Timberland. So how, how dare you? Salt and pepper. 
TLC. What are you talking about? What about you sweet, sweet wear, street wear? What are you talking <laughs> about? You invented streetwear for women. Women were wearing the streetwear. Right. Aaliyah, hello. She's been her whole, her, her, at least her, her entire career until she died. It's baseball. And, and baseball a shirt. Baseball jerseys with the bra under of the sports bra because I used to wear Hello. them too. So like we did she all of that. Shirt, cropped it up. Yes, did what she would wear on the street and wore it to like uh, a music video. Uh, oh, yeah, I was gonna. Yep, yep. And we're talking nineties, eighties, even some seventies. What are you talking about, girl? And then when she ahead. when she said that she threw. Um, and I think Sandra Bland's been just on my mind so heavy because here you have. People always, you know, it's, it's black men, it's black women too. And when she said, what got me was, you started this clothing line that, that you so-called introduced uh, to, to people streetwear because you were with a friend who was being harassed by the police and you threw a water bottle and hit the policeman in the face. Now, did he have to use brute brutality and slam you on the ground? No, and you knocked the whole out? point. Absolutely not. However... You did assault him. You went and you went. You were locked up. Well, you were taken to jail and handcuffed to a bench. To get a and, and she and she sent right. How do you sue? You are allowed to sue. That's thank you. That's my point. You sued for something you did. Sue. Right. Sandra Bland's family still hasn't gotten money, and they and they ended up finding out that the the officer perjured himself. Guess what they decided? As long as you agree to no longer serve. We won't even charge you for the perjury. Sandra Bland's family got nothing. And let me tell you something. I was like, my initial problem was a lot of her Instagram presence, her captions, and the things that she says. It's very appropriating. I don't care who made the damn dress. I don't care who made the damn dress. When you are, if you are really an ally, a part of being an ally to communities is to make sure that you are not perpetuating any other stereotypes about the community in spaces where either they're not present or they could be harmed or it could provide further danger. And wearing a mugshot dress of mm. of a woman that you consider to be your icon, (laughs) but you celebrate a low point for her where she undoubtedly had a different Mm. experience with the law, even though she was a celebrity, she had a different experience within the law than you did did because you are not a black woman who was also seen as a street woman and ghetto or whatever, as a rapper, she had a different experience. You decide to perpetuate her mugshot and perpetuate the idea of black women behind bars mm-hmm. as your way of praising an icon that you wow, consider an icon. Honey. And you do it in a space mm. where white women who are older, who don't understand this style, your allyship, wow. any other indication other than... I love her and she's great. And they're like, okay, so Leah likes this rapper and she's a crypto. Cool. And then you allow, you know, what? The, the, the result ends up being Durant, people like Dorinda of her caliber, <laughs> of her stop. white womenness, of her age, stop. whatever, <laughs> saying and comparing this to her wearing a sweatshirt in the 80s of a dictator. <laughs> yes. That is what ends up being the result. So what you've done is you've now brought something to a space where there were very few people of color, if any at all. Definitely no little Kim, no black women that I saw on the camera. No, no, me neither. If there were any, we should have probably panned the room. And then you (laughs) brought it to a space in a group of women who do not understand you or understand your style or understand black women is what we haven't been on the show yet. And now you've allowed Mm -hmm. them to compare someone you consider an icon 
to a freaking dictator. Mm. Little Kim is not a dictator. No, not at Little all. Little Kim was, is, 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 is Leah, it's happenstance. If you issue with the law, it's happenstance. You will not allow me to ever be wavered that any person of color in the criminal system is not happenstance. happenstance. And that was my insane, that was my same you know, opinion when we watched Luann talk at this incarceration at this, yes. meeting. I was like, if anything, we should let all these other people talk. Thank because you. the majority of them, it is something about the circumstances that they were in. It was not a choice, like an active, active choice of I'm going to get drunk and I'm going to assault an officer because I'm drunk. A lot of them. And escape handcuffs. If it wasn't for the fact that they probably, you know, were in a situation of, you know, misfortune and they did do something criminal, there is multifaceted reasons for why that happened. Lack of mental health for black and brown communities and poor communities at all. Lack of access, the stigma stigma behind mental health for black and brown communities. So the lack of being able to go to a therapist because you feel like you'll be shamed. So maybe you're still angry and aggressive and we see it as everybody is going to be having a trigger point and what that looks like we don't know protection of family being falsely accused lots of things can happen because it's like it's clear cut if you need something to google you can google that <laughs> the war on drugs you can google how you know drugs have happened oh but they didn't tell them to take well, go ahead and google what happened go ahead mm, and yes google what happened pl- pl- yes during the raving years go mm. ahead and google it <laughs> so the idea that we're going to perpetuate stereotypes in spaces that mm. black and brown people would not, may not have been safer and we're going to reinforce people's view and not actually try to change it. Change them, yes, yes. She, uh, unless she's going to address the render, it shows a text message or a reunion or whatever, where she's like, it's actually, hey, it's like really not okay for you to compare a woman who was arrested to a dictator. You didn't do that to me. You didn't compare it to me. Thank you. Didn't you didn't say that I was like that. You said that this rapper was a, with the head, with the with the mugshot is the same as me wearing a dick. Why? Three people in this group have mugshots, and Three they bragged about that. We wouldn't be and able to get never help. done that. Hello, we wouldn't be on chef. Yeah, we talked about Nini's all the time. Yes, and she's yes. Always trying to explain that one. Yeah, that really was about happenstance. Yeah, had nothing to do with her money. Or being it's in the wrong place cute. at the same time, like like uh, it's never been cute for her. It's always been a, a derogatory thing for her while she's yes. stripping and trying to make something happen for herself and for her yep. son. You are so, so right. Miss me? Go ahead. I don't. Yeah. I don't need to. So my feelings about Leah are always limited to simply. I agree. Ramona should not have brought up her mental health. I, thank you. Coming to my TED talk. <laughs> That's it. Guys, you heard it. You've heard it on Mixing with Monty, and now you have heard it um, on the What Else Is Going On podcast. Monty, um, if, we w- if we were not friends before, which we already were in my head, um, <laughs> if she did were. not think, not only, and we are, we are, I'm holding her to her word, because it's on a recorded line, that we're getting coffee before she leaves. If she does <laughs> not think that I won't be getting on a plane, because my husband and I go to Atlanta Frequently, if she does not think that I won't pop up and be like, hey, boo, I'm here. <laughs> Let's go get some lipsticks, lip gloss, lip liner, and everything. If she does not think that, then she is mistaken. We are friends. The way you summed it up. Yes. So I wish I had a had you on the podcast. I did about that because you expounded upon so many more things. But guess what? Y'all get to hear it now. So before you go all in on somebody, do your research, because quite honestly, I don't have to have someone unless she can speak out 
Don't tell me that you were supporting Andrew Yang when you did not vote. You can't tell me that. Unless you can say publicly, you know what? I stand with Black Lives Matter. I realize that I should have cast the vote. But see, you didn't have to cast the vote to make sure that the proper people are put in office to take care of marginalized community because America has let you know you're not marginalized and you never will be. So she didn't have to vote. So unless you can come out and say those things, I don't really necessarily consider you like an ally. I just don't. Um, you know, and you I don't might, know who Leah thought she was an ally to, but it wasn't me. She and listen, and not only that, you may want to, and maybe hey, even black people may not have known the year, but you best believe because we're. I, I know I'm. I'm discovering as America is waking back up. I feel like for so long, you and I were probably raised. If a white person says something to you at the job, or if you're put in a situation, we need our jobs. We need, so we yep. didn't necessarily we we weren't we were told not to react. So our senses yep. then became dulled, which is why we were able to tolerate for so long the stuff we see on TV. Going into a grocery store and a white person won't move out of your way; they'll just walk into you and then make it look like you're the aggressor. Because I've had that happen to me. So for so long, our senses have been dulled that now it's like, wait a minute. We are not only awoke, because it's one thing to be woke. You can wake up out of your sleep and still not be aware of what's going on downstairs in your living room. You need to be aware. Yeah. So I'm sick of them just saying woke. But we are aware what's going on now, and we won't be silenced. And I don't need allies who talk the talk but aren't doing any action behind it. Yeah, absolutely. You know? I just we're at a point now where you know things are going to come to a, a head, and either we are on the right side of history or we're not. And I think that what's happening is that there are very few people who can just sit by anymore and yeah. realize that social media activism is not all there is, but it's also not enough for you to just simply like our shit. It's that's that's tired. You can't just sing the songs and be at a place where like, I'm not saying you got to get rid of everything that you ever built. You know, I always like, I said this in my podcast, you don't have to get nothing back. Right, I'm I'm right. It from a system. I don't want yours. Thank I have the opportunity to get mine too. That's it. I don't want to be starting behind because of something I can't control. You can't stop yourself from being white. You can't stop white privilege. Exactly. I get it. But you can help create a little bit of equality for other people and to make sure that there is a little bit more to go around, that there is some equity that, that we could be have that we could have. And that is what it means to be an ally, but we don't even just need allies anymore. We need advocates. We need to we, yes. be out there and yes. say some words and do some things. And we're like, actually, hey, we don't want you to upset this person anymore. Like what they decided to do, like the, the Bravo groups that, you know, Sarah's real point behind going after the Not Skinny But Not Fat podcast and everything that happened was, she was like, too many times black people have to even have this discussion. Yeah. They have to continuously explain why they're upset about something yeah. and why. Why do they have to do that? We need to be doing this. And I'm like, I get it because I'm tired. And I also didn't expect anything that good to come out of that. I don't Can I tell you, I didn't expect me saying that to her, bringing that up on our interview. It, when, I, when I heard that podcast some weeks ago, I had to turn it off and I was incensed. Me listening. There we to go. I was incensed. I couldn't even, and I, and, and, and the wild thing was I was conflicted because I subscribed, subscribed as in to Heather McDonald's podcast. And I was in her Facebook group. And just recently on Jeff Lewis live, she made a reference that was like, I can't keep ignoring, but I never went after her. And if you listen to the podcast, my issue 
was with Amanda. And I made it very clear. I didn't say I thought she was racist. However, I didn't even know that she was all in on the, um, on the, uh, the uh, petition, Monty. I just thought when I heard her laughing and saying what she said, my mind immediately went to, she talks about being a Bravo Lev all the time. And I know that there's some Bravo Lebs that um, wouldn't be cool with this. So how can she call? So I knew when I was going to interview Sarah, mm-hmm. I'm going to ask her about it. And I almost didn't bring up the petition part, but something just said, bring it up. So I bring it up and I had a conversation with uh, somebody and they were like, you know, do people really want to hear from a white woman being angry? And I said, I see what you're saying. Let me give you my perspective. People don't want to hear, we know, from angry black women. And so these white voices need to be heard. And they said, you know what? I never thought about it that way. So yeah, absolutely. we've been screaming this for years. That we need to keep listening to different contributors. That's why I keep Thank you. you can't even just have me on. I have a different experience. I'm a lighter skinned woman. My experience is totally different than someone like even of my mother's who is darker, much darker than me. And like her life has been different. Like you have to listen to multiple people because not everyone is going to feel a certain way. But just like if your kids were like, mom, what you said to me really upset me. And you're like, Thank why you. do you mean it that way? It's like, okay, but your kid is upset. Like who cares what you meant it as? He's still upset. You got to fix it. Like, it's not a matter of whether or not one kid is upset or one group is upset or who else is, well, they're okay. But if you're also actively looking for people who are going to cooperate what you did and not try to understand and apologize or rectify the people that you did hurt, then we already started the conversation wrong. Yep. Because you're looking for somebody who's black who's like, well, they weren't upset about it. Then that's white fragility. You need to calm it down. Because you're simply just trying to make sure that your intention matters more than the feelings of the person who received it and that doesn't that's not how this works intention so means if, nothing if one person didn't get it then you go oh, they're upset you go okay well could you maybe tell me if you could see why someone would be upset ask that, that question thank if you the person that you know for the one i wasn't mad about it because i know who you are they know who you are Someone else may not have that benefit before they get upset with you so just simply you can ask the person that you do know why would someone be upset? Like, what is wrong with this? And if they don't yep. know, look it up, find it out. It's not that hard. But like for you to actively avoid taking oh, responsibility that's, and probability yep. of this, that's where I have an issue. And it's like, I never expected it because I wrote off Heather McDonald a long time ago. And, and that's, I really did. Let me tell you, even still, had, still listening to some of her stuff, again, I, when I went back, I'm like, because I know what she's capable of, my issue was with Amanda and not even based on uh, me saying she's racist, saying you're ignorant of knowledge and you're hypocritical for calling your, because again, I knew, didn't even realize she shared it or did or, or contacted Sarah privately and told her how proud she was of it. All I knew was I associated the name Bravo Liberty with her. And now she's making fun of something that, the Bravo Lebs that I've, I mean, the Bravo Holics that I've seen, they take it kind of serious. And then to hear Sarah regard her in such a way only to find out that's not who she is. Yeah. And I, I said that, you know, I, I know that a lot of people are really disappointed by this. I mean, it's not me. I, I know, but like I you said, yeah, yeah. But there are people who are disappointed by this and they deserve to have 
some kind of recipe. That's why I loved I your post. Get it. Wait a minute. Really you said did. not skinny, but not factual. And um, Heather McDizzy. Girl, I read that to my husband. I loved it. I, and, when, and that's where I got when you said, I, that's why I created what I did. So you didn't, so those weren't your only options. To yeah, listen. because oh, I just man. feel like, of course, if you're, in, I, as a black person in this world, we never really get the, the opportunity to choose when we get triggered. We don't really get that luxury of knowing when we're going to be triggered. So I wanted to say something and I chose to even post, you know, the petition with everybody else because I was like, I do feel for the person who was listening and stopped mm -hmm. on their walk and was like, wait, what the fuck? That was, it was me. Some kind of way. I, I was, and then on yeah. the rest of their walk, they're now disturbed. And that's not yeah. fair. Yeah. Because when you set out to go for your walk, I, I do it. I walk whenever I go get my food. I am listening to my podcast, girls. I'm listening to my routine. I am. I have a, a thing. I like to listen to it. If I don't have that option or it suddenly gets disturbed for me, it is going to mess me up. Yeah. Because I wasn't prepared for that. I had an agenda. I had a plan. And I wasn't ready. And look, and I was actually doing laundry. I was, and I was like, there you go. Now you stop folding. Now all of a sudden, <laughs> the whites with the darks are with the whites. Oh no, the bleach is in the detergent section. Now I gotta start all over. Like, how do I clean this out? All because they just choose to not learn. I've always said, you, I do believe that anyone and everyone has the capability of learning. Me too. If yeah. they choose to. And that's always where I end it, is if you choose to. They have chosen not to, because they're not lack of the information. There's not a lack of knowledge. There's not a lack of opportunity to learn. I have seen some of my friends that I had someone on my podcast this week, Stephanie from the Mocha Minutes podcast. Oh, I was, wait um, a minute. Y'all had me right before <laughs> I cut Stephanie you on. So much I listened to you from the store all the way. I was in the shower, put the phone by the thing. And when she said, <laughs> if Destiny don't go back to the people's couch, girl, she said, if she don't go back she to the people, I so was much hollering. Fun. Yeah. You have to have her on next. She's amazing. Um, I, I'm going to say, Mommy said her. you have to be on. That's what I'm going to tell her. <laughs> yeah, she'll, she'll do it. I know because Stephanie's amazing. She's so great. She's hilarious. She's always been. She comments the funniest things in my DMs. So I'm like, you got to just be on the mic at this point. But she and I, when we were, you know, talking about it, it was like we quickly realized that you get what sometimes you do get what you get and you don't get upset but when you have someone come on and you have I, i'm seeing a lot of my bravo instagram friends and stuff right now follow her like oh no bravo well i do her live all the time she's asking stephanie like oh, please come on the live now i'm like this is what it means though to kind of look you can find it, it you choose not to so my issues were i never expected amanda or heather to be the kind of people who want to find it they don't feel right. like they have to. Right. Like what they got, they deserve. They don't care how they got it. And they don't really want to. They're the people who probably think they have to give it up in order yes. to be an ally yes. or whatever. Yes. But it's more than a black That's player. exactly it. Nothing up. You can simply just open up your realm to other people. Yeah. That's it. That's, that's getting people's foot in the door. It's opening up the door. You don't have to give up your house. But you can say... Instead of you having to climb a tree to get into this little window and maybe squeeze in it and like wait three to five weeks so you can like lose some weight so you can fit, like <laughs> I'll let you into the front. Like my God, it's not like nobody's asking for much. Yep. I just want to be able to go to the same front door you did, and that's it. So to see that they are, there are people who are like, well, 
we want to be on the front lines now. You can ask us why it's wrong, because now I'm offended that you decided to take us up with this. And there's no black person you need to ask about this. It's going to be us. We'll post something. So I'm like, you know, maybe I should post something for the people who were upset about it. But let me be clear. I'm not disappointed. I never trusted them to be on my side with this. In I the beginning, yep. Where they might be. But there are people, but I, I, I don't always want to be cynical. There are people who, you know, really want to believe that there's something different. That's what for them, I hope that they respond. I really do. I hope they give some kind of restitution and someone can be okay yeah. with it and it's something genuine. Well, I do know that they, ha- so um, the Oh No Bravo funny account and she DM'd me yesterday about doing a live later on down the line and I thought, Amazing. wow, really? First of all, I loved her picture of am I a supermodel now? And it's like a boomerang and she's going, but I appreciated the, I appreciated just like you said, why there are some people that want to learn. I will say the mob meant when people stop thinking that you're being attacked because somebody is calling your attention to something, because I know for a fact, I I just happened to, um, I was going to the, Oh, I was pulling up your podcast and I saw something so I go to mine and I see the ratings and I know how her mob is. They, when I was in the group, I would see them because I went back and forth with someone. They didn't agree with a podcaster. So they all decided to go over and leave negative reviews and give them uh, three stars mm-hmm. or less. And I said, that has what you're doing is disheartening and has nothing to do with the like you have that little time and you have that much time in your day to go try to mess somebody up. So I went today and I looked and I was like, oh, now suddenly there's one star. That, and I said, and I sent it to my husband. And I said, this is not the point because whoever's going to like this podcast is going to like it. Whoever, it, it's whatever. But it's just the point that, that it, there goes your privilege. The fact that you have nothing else to worry about, but let me just go tread on over to somebody's podcast and give them low ratings because they're accusing somebody of behaviors that you probably reflect yourself. Yep. And you know what? I don't have time for it. How about Mm. that? So if you, you know, I always say if you don't like it, you can just, you can actually go and listen to someone you do like. You do like, exactly. And maybe come back if you like it again, give it another shot. But for me, it's like when people wait only until they don't like something to say anything, it's like, okay, you just were waiting to disagree with me. But I always say my DMs are open. We can have a conversation. Thank you. Leave a review on someone that you do like. Yes. I'm not saying you go listen to someone else. That's exactly what they said. I'm saying if you strongly feel that you need to warn the public about me, maybe if it's internal or it's an opinion that you think, unless you think that I'm dangerous and it just keeps getting more and more dangerous, the reviews of people who don't know anything about this show. And thank you. And if thank yours you. is personal and you're like, well, I don't agree with what they said about this, so I, I unsubscribe. Just do it. Like, right. Bye. Bye. Okay. Go ahead. That's thank fine. you. Thank you but, for the download, though. But bye. Get out of here. Point, and that's your problem. So mm-hmm. if that is what you can go and easily tell someone else that you do like that you like them, exactly. and that's spreading some good. So maybe do that. That's my alternative. And frankly, if you even want to listen to me after all of this, and you are not turned off, and don't don't come with no. no no smoke or no other answer, you know. <laughs> if you're liking it, then come right on over to Mixing with Nani. You can find me on Instagram. Or yes. On, on uh, Apple Music or Apple Podcasts or whatever. 
Uh, anywhere you listen to this one, you can find me there too, probably. By can you say your funny. your um, Instagram and your Facebook? Because I'm getting yeah. ready to join your group, so let me in. Oh, yeah, <laughs> of course, of course. I, do, I will let pretty much anyone in unless I know for a fact already they're problematic. Um, but um, you can find me on Facebook by searching the same thing and on Instagram and Twitter at Mixing with Moni, M-I-X-I-N-G-W-I-T-H-M-A-N-I. And um, the mix, it's called Mixologist Mixer, is the Facebook group but you can just simply type in the page mixing with mine and it will come up and there's already some fun things happening there bring any tea shades you want because again it's private it's just for us and my the people that are in this community of mixologists are some of the funniest and uh, most amazing people ever and i just always want them to talk to each other yeah i can't keep getting permission but can i post this and it takes like 17 minutes and now i'm like, I'm like <laughs> no longer there because i got live so just like, when you got time in your life go ahead and post it over there and then i'm like oh yeah we can talk about it so um, yes absolutely do that and i had so much fun i can't wait to Me have too. you on the show and I will, yeah, we'll be in touch on when you can come on once I get settled. Yes, yes. yes. Obviously, you will come on and we'll talk the things and just get into more trouble. I love you, Monty, so much. And when we get off here, I will be DMing you my phone number. So that way we can text back and forth or whatever. Yes, you think I'm absolutely. kidding. Monty's going to be no, like. I don't think you're kidding. The okay. people are probably going to be asking me, so did you? They didn't check in on me. They'd be like, so you said this, what happened? And then 38, you said that happened. What what where was it? What happened? Can you tell me? And I'm like, yes. So I want to be able to tell them, like, yes, I did. You did go and get the coffee. So look, wait, wait a minute. Yes, They're gonna look, you'll also be able to tell them. Y'all be like, Taria called me and I heard terminal one and I'm like, where are you? Oh, Georgia, I'm here. <laughs> you better not be at the airport and with Keisha Lance Bottoms Airport. No. <laughs> with the big picture. Oh, my, oh my God. My that family is, is so from great. down south, and I have family in Atlanta. My mom's from uh, Tallahassee, Florida. So, because the tickets are a million and one dollars, we would fly into Atlanta and just drive the three and a half, four hours oh, to Tallahassee. Yeah. 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 Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I appreciate you. Yes, we will. I love you Thank guys. Thank you so much for having me. I had such a good time. Me too. And I know that, uh, if, like I said, if there are any of my listeners that didn't know you, which I think is impossible, uh, but if there are, they will definitely be coming over. Y'all, she has me dying. Crack, you'll be cr- cracking up, laughing, and just regurgitating her uh, opinions to other people. Uh, because they're just that strong. Like, and you know what else she said? Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and you are I definitely a teacher. It. I love the way you lay your podcast out. It's like a lesson. And I appreciate that because I like talking to people. Um, I love your um, vast vocabulary. I'm a word person. And I would say logo file, but I don't like the word file at the end. So I just say I'm a word person because it, it sounds like something else other than it is a logo file, mm-hmm. which is a word person. But so I appreciate your, your, um, your your vastness of knowledge of all things bravo all things um, with children and and teachers and i i've always said i have family that are teachers y'all should be paid a million dollars or more because you deal with children that have been implanted with things that y'all did not implant them with and yeah parents expect you to like uh, fix whatever is not right. So I, I respect yeah. you guys. I love teachers. Thank you. I think ev- please everyone just be kind to your teachers this year. I understand y'all want your kids out of your houses, but if you knew what they were asking teachers to do to give you that mm-hmm. uh, and what they were doing there in a lot of counties, it's in states, it's a non-strike state. So teachers cannot wow. even rebel against it. They can't make a claim against it. 
There are, I have no teachers whose counties have asked them to produce curriculum, even <gasps> if they have COVID from home. So what? I still give curriculum or still teach. I know people, and some are even Bravo people who were mm. Bravo like uh, fan pages who y'all know and love, and they have been asked to update their wills and have a power of attorney. Oh so my gosh. if you knew what it was taking to give your students that in-person classroom mm. because you can't do it right now, and I understand that, just understand that there, this is hard for everyone, but please, please just be kind and good to your wow. teachers if your school systems have let them go back because mm. if they did it for you, they did not do it for us. So they do not care about us. They're not providing us any additional support. I know teachers I've seen on Facebook groups of them and that they are building their own social distance pods where they're doing shower oh my and goodness. pipe cleaners and they're making it for like, and they're spending a hundred dollars of their own money to do their entire classroom, put the classroom in the quads. And for younger classrooms, like first, second grade, that's not always possible. You got those group tables and stuff. So, and they're not getting the learning that we're used to giving them at that young mm, age. Mm, um, mm. It's, it's difficult. I know there are kids who need to be socialized, who need to go to school and stuff like that. Kids who can't afford, you know, pod learning, we're outside of the classroom and can't do the virtual and stuff. I get it. But again, we're in unprecedented waters. So if you have, I hate to say it, but if you have the luxury of sending your kids back this year, even if it's for two days, just know that decision was made for you and kept you in mind and not the teachers. So please be kind to them and please be good to them this year because there's a large sacrifice that they are doing to give your kids this experience of going wow. back to the classroom before the our own government decides what's safe for us and that it's safe for us to go back. So please just be kind to your teachers and to your school administrators this year, because it's, it's, it's scary and we were not considered. So um, it's what it's difficult, but we weren't given the option to try to find a way to be creative from home. We were only given the option wow. to try to make it work in person during a pandemic, a global one. So. Mm, I'm not, wow. Well, I'm, de and now I'm definitely got to be checking up on you. Like you good. <laughs> what do you need? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I can't lose my friend I just made. Like, what, so, what yeah, I won't be teaching no. this year, but that's also kind of the reason why I had to delay my student teaching. And you okay. know, I was furloughed at the beginning of the pandemic. But I, as a someone who's you know immunocompromised, I can't go back. You to can't, right? right now. It's not safe. But the fun thing is, most people who decide to be a teacher never thought that their you know health abilities would come into play. Right, being like, a teacher, right, <laughs> right. So we didn't think we would have to you know you know take uh, one for the team, but here we are. So Wow. Those who didn't have a choice because I'm wow. grateful and very fortunate to have had one, but my degree even has to be delayed because of it. So, uh, yeah, because I can't do the student teaching hours. A lot right. Of times. Like it's, it's, it's a, it's a liability. It's, it's, we can't really have people we don't know who are not contracted in the classroom right now. It's mm -hmm. just too much of a liability. And I understand that is to keep the kids safe. So just be kind to your teachers, just overall, wow. they're doing the best they can, just like you. We will. I'm definitely going to pass that word along in person as well, because I never truly I mean, of course, you want the teachers to be safe, but we are looking at it as our kids. And I, my mind thought was our kids be safe, keep them home. Not even thinking about really going in depth about what you're saying about the teachers and not even realizing about the no strike state. So thank you for saying that. I'm definitely because I know a lot of teachers, and people who don't want to be substitute teachers right now or who mm. they're not using substitute teachers right now. So if a teacher does get COVID or does get sick, what happens? happens. Wow. That's why they're asking them to produce curriculum from home on their laptops, from their sick bed. Are you kidding me? There is, it's just like, 
how, how, right. They can barely, you can barely, right. Who's going to do it? Who's going to be in two classrooms at once? The principal. Like there's just so many things that were not considered in this, that it it just feels too early. And that's because it's too late to blame the right people. So suddenly Mm. we now have to take targets at the people who are making this go around. It's not the parents' (sighs) fault or the teacher's fault. It should not have been up to the school to make this decision. You're right. So just work with your teachers and be kind and please just be good and just know that wherever you are, whatever city, whatever decision your school made, they really tried to keep everyone in mind as pos- as much as possible. It's just that unfortunately in a lot of places, it wasn't the teachers, though they're the ones who need to be there to do make this happen. So mm-hmm. be good to the people that are around you and the frontline workers because now teachers are on the front lines as lines well. As well. Wow. Monty, this is what I mean about you, Joe, a wealth of knowledge. Thank you again for coming on. <laughs> what else is going on? Um, not, it's not often that people can make me speechless and just like, you see me looking at them like I'm just listening. <laughs> Almost feeling like I'm listening to you. Like, wait, I'm not, li- look, I'm not listening to her. She's on my phone. Can I just, I, you won't be able to see it. I literally wanted to show you something and I'm going to let you see this right here. Who is that? That's who I was just oh listening to. I am, I am one hour, 15 minutes and 26 seconds in. I was listening to you. Oh before. my goodness. <laughs> well, thank you so much uh, thank for you. constantly listening and for supporting and for having me on. It's, it's a wonderful opportunity. Oh, this is not your last time to have look, my, I, I'm trying to call them conversations. Oh, I hope not. <laughs> uh, of co- I'm going to be like, Monty, I need you. I need you. <laughs> Please, anytime. I'm, I'm here for it. Let me thank know. Thank you. Thank you. So I will let you go and I will be in your DM shortly. Thank you again so much. And guys, thanks so much for listening to me and Monty. We'll talk to you later. Bye.